Louder! Thrill me. Black as midnight on a moonless night. Bitches leave. Groovy. Fucking hold up, hold up. Well then, there, motherfucker! It's got a death curse. Let's fuck! I'll fuck anything that moves! <laughs> Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Forever deep, bitch! <laughs> Oh, damn enchiladas! These guys are laughing. Reporting live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcasting, mouthpiece of the Southeast, uncontested superstar of the airwaves, and your reigning and defending podcast champion of the world, Brandon A. Lane, bringing you a special edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. The month of March brings to mind many things ranging from leprechauns and St. Patrick's Day festivities, but to sports fans, this month is holy because of March Madness, where division one college teams duke it out for basketball supremacy. Now here at the Ransom the Black Lodge podcast, we're not so much about sports, but we do love our heavy metal. And in 2024, we're going to continue the tradition of our little thing we got going on here in the style of that famed NCAA single elimination tournament with a hard rockin' twist. Tonight, the Rant Army is going to take album by album and will it down song by song and we're going to decide which of Ozzy Osbourne's stellar catalog will win Heavy Metal March Madness. Each album and song will be designated a random spot, and they're going to correlate with the bracket position to keep the matches as unbiased as possible. So crank the volume to 11, and let's go crazy! Because tonight, it's Heavy Metal March Madness. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Hi, Franken family. This is Linnea Quigley. If you don't know me, I was in Return of the Living Dead and Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Two huge hits. <laughs> I am going to be at FrankenCon. And all you Franken family people better be there to see me. It's May 10th and 11th. And it's going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the Hilton Knoxville Airport. I hope to see you there. Maybe we'll get into some trouble. In 1979, hard rock icon Ozzy Osbourne splits from the godfathers of heavy metal, better known as Black Fucking Sabbath, and would forge one of the most successful solo careers in the history of music. Tonight, we pit his greatest works against one another to decide once and for all which song will win Heavy, heavy, heavy Metal me, me, March, 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 March. Representing the Eastern Division and resting high in the number one seed, we have the debut from the Prince of Darkness, Lizard of Oz. We also have the 2001 hit that went all the way to number four in the USA, that's down to earth. Not to be outdone in the Eastern Division, it also sports the 1986 hair metal behemoth known as Ultimate Sin. Then we close out the division with the legendary debut of Zach Wilde on 1988's 
no rest for the wicked. Lots of heavy hitters in the East, but the West also sports a bevy of classic headbangers. Sitting pretty in the number one seed of the West, we have the all-time classic sophomore effort from the Prince of Darkness, 1981's Diary of a Madman. Next up on the docket comes from a later era, but it still kicks major ass, and that's 1995's Osmosis. Bringing up the rear, we have the three times platinum mega hit, Bark at the Moon, but don't get too cocky, because closing out the West, we have 1991's four times platinum and internally enduring no more tears eight incredible albums 75 songs but only one can win heavy heavy metal metal, metal, march March, 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 let's get ready to rock after much torturous preliminary debate trying to whittle down Ozzy's immense catalog to just eight offerings, we came to the obvious decision to narrow our scope to just the first eight albums of the Prince of Darkness's illustrious career. So tonight we crank the dial to 11 and we pit Ozzy album against Ozzy album, then Ozzy song against Ozzy song. But there can be only one winner of Heavy Metal March madness i'm your host brandon a lane and with me tonight are a couple of soldiers of metal give it up for fat tony and making his return to the black lodge brent fox hell yes Ooh, hell satan <laughs> well, Mike ready, people. Well, that's that's definitely apropos for uh, at least the early era of, of Ozzy. He kind of yeah. departs from the, the whole, I'm the Lord of the Darkness and the Satanist kind of stuff. You know, that's that's more of a one and two kind of yeah. album stuff. So first off, I want to kind of talk about just what Ozzy means to us respectively. And I, I know that I'm the, the, the majority of this discussion is probably going to land on the shoulders of Fat Tony, who is, you know, the... The uh, expert, the obsessive, the the person who has lived and died by Ozzy since I was five years old. You can wait your turn, Brad. I see you leaning in to sneak up on me. This was one of the hardest things I've ever put together ever because I have a personal favorite song. I know in my heart the greatest Ozzy song, but that's up for debate. Most of these albums, I couldn't like... I'm not going to be mad if they don't pick what I pick. There's one album. If they don't pick what I pick, they're just fucking stupid. I've seen the man 14 <laughs> times live. I've seen Black Sabbath live numerous times. I have broke. When I saw Ozzy in 2000, I was a 10th row center at Virginia Beach Amphitheater, and I broke the back of the seat in front of me because that was the first time I ever heard him do a Diary of a Madman live. I'm like, okay, this is the intro music. Then they'll go into song. They did that song. I broke, I snapped it. I'd been up for 40 hours <laughs> with a nap. I got cussed by Queens of the Stone Age singer that day. It was a weird day, but no, Ozzy has meant so much to me in my life. And I just can't wait to get in with these fellas. Let's see what Brent has to say. Um, I don't know what to say to follow that, but nothing like, can. Nothing can. Um, I don't have much of a relationship with Ozzy. Like, a whole lot of these albums, it was the first time I heard them. Uh, so, I'm sorry about that in advance. Well, I think that that's kind of a value th- valuable thing in this research, because we're going to get a, a diehard fan, a somewhat of a lapsed fan. I'm not speaking ill of towards Ozzy, but, you know, some of his later stuff is not my, my jam. And uh, we're going to be talking about the earlier stuff. So, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not the diehard Ozzy fan that, Tony is, and you know Brent represents sort of like the unbiased, maybe uh, casual fan. Would that be fair to say? I don't know if unbiased because 
You know how I am. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but you're, you'll be biased in your virgin ears in, in a sense. True, true. Um, but, I mean, I have heard some Aussie records, and I really love some of the later stuff. This fucker right here is the one that introduced me basically to metal. So, uh, in my formative years... You can't I, see it, but I'm holding devil horns up, people. So, uh, uh, to those records, I probably will be kind of biased, and the decisions will be a bit harder. But, uh, for the most part, a lot of these records, it's the first time hearing them, and I don't really have a lot to compare them to, so... Well, you'll have a unique perspective, at the very least. Now, you've seen Ozzy 14 times. Yes, Never a bad show and ever, that, not one. And that's a combination of Black Sabbath and no, Solo. No, that's Ozzy Solo. Ozzy Solo. Oh, wow. Yes, I've seen Black Sabbath eight times. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, you've definitely... I've only seen Ozzy live twice, and both times were fantastic. Unfortunately, um, I've never got to see the the Prince of Darkness in person, so... You haven't been to a lot of... Con- I know we went to Machine Head once, and I, or no, was it... Uh, no, it was Devil Driver, and I completely abandoned you. Because I'm like, oh, there's only one song I'm going to mosh to. And then they played that immediately. And I'm like, bye, Grant. But, it was uh, a good show, though. It was I a like great it. show. But no, I, I used to live and die by concerts. Well, I mean, you and I have been to several oh, concerts yeah, oh, yeah. together. I don't I know that... I threw them into the mosh pit at Mars Needs Women during Rob Zombie. I don't think you have ever been to one. I don't, yeah, I don't think we've ever been to a concert together, Brent. We need to do that. Y'all oh, I agree. Buy a VIP Is it Pantera ticket. coming to Nashville? Like in like two weeks. It's really oh. short. February fourteenth. We're not gonna make that one. Who's coming to it, Pantera? The false Pantera. The false oh, Pantera. I have no the interest in seeing. Uh, I've seen Pantera five times. So. I mean, it's I, I saw, I saw, I saw Pantera. They were fucking fantastic, and I, I don't without Don Daryl, It's not fan. Uh, and Vinny. You can we call get... it Fantera? Uh, oh, that's good. Say that in the mic. Can we call it Fantera? There we go. I think that's canon now. Pantera. They, I've been looking for something to call them instead of fake Pantera. <laughs> all right, guys. We've all been briefed on the rules, and we have agreed to abide by the decisions of each round. No arguing. We're not going to be arguing over the top of one another at the very least. You will have your moment, and you will have two minutes to decide that. And then whatever happens, it will be democratical, and we will decide what is what. Uh, first up, in the qualifying round, we have painstakingly whittled down Ozzy's catalog to just eight albums. The first eight albums of his solo studio career. albums, by the way, not the live albums. No live albums, only original uh, solo studio. career as well. No, yeah, no yeah. Black Sabbath. No well, Black Sabbath. That's Black a whole Sabbath. Other thing. Black Sabbath. Was, that was our first uh, heavy metal March Madness. And I be. And I be. And I think we stand by that. Absolutely. Uh, but is it the best Ozzy song? No. No. No, and we're going to decide that today. So without further ado, let's kick off our qualifying round. First up, we have Blizzard of Oz, which was released September 12th, 1980 (coughs) in the UK, March 27th, 1981 in the USA. Charted number 7 in the UK and 21 in the United States. It has been certified five times platinum. That is a whopping success for a metal band, and... For the far and few between that have been able to achieve this, I mean, we're talking like rarefied air. That's that's ACDC's not really metal, but that's ACDC, Van Halen, um, Metallica, and, and there are not really many bands other than 
you know, a handful of others that have really achieved that level of success. So here's the track listing. Number one, I Don't Know. Number two, Crazy Train, which was released as a single August 29th, 1980, <clears throat> charted number 49 in the UK. Goodbye to Romance, a uh, nice little saccharine ballad. Number four, D, which is a, a little instrumental thing that um, Randy Rhodes recorded. Randy Rhodes is the shit. He recorded to, uh, dedicated to his mother. Uh, Suicide Solution, number six, Mr. Crowley, which was released as a single at some point in 1981. However, it did not chart. Number seven, No Bone Movies. Number eight, Revelation Mother Earth. And number nine, Still Away the Night. All right, Tony, you're going to be up first. Brent, if you'd be so kind, put up two minutes on the clock. All right, go. Okay, this is really hard because there's so many bangers on this album, but to, to kind of make the hipster choice, my choice is Mr. Crowley. Live, this is always the song where whatever guitarist, you know, Randy Rhodes, fucking Zach Wilde, Joe Holmes, all of them, have their guitar solo. It's got a good groove to it. Uh, it's like uh, definitely like a, a vibe song. It's not the most popular or well-known song on it, but it's still, it's on the radio a bunch. I fucking love this song. I, and if they pick other songs on this album, I can't blame them. This is one of those I couldn't really choose. So, Mr. Crowley, I yield my time. All right, uh, Brent, you're up next. Add quick. two minutes on the clock. Tell me when. Don't look at my answers. Okay. All right, go. All right, for Blizzard of Oz, uh, I felt the same way old Fat Tony did there. Um, had a hard time uh, picking. Uh, the obvious choice is uh, Crazy Train, but, I mean, that's like the, the biggest hit Ozzy's, I think, ever had, but I could be wrong about that. Um, I, I picked, uh, Mr. Crowley, uh, basically for a lot of the same reasons that, uh, uh, old fat Tony did there. Uh, I really like the, uh, spooky intro, uh, of the, uh, with the, the or synth. The, yeah. The synth and the, uh, the, the organ or whatever it is. Um, the lyrics are, uh, a good Aussie trope. Uh, they're about like a cult and like, uh, the mysticism figure of uh, Aleister Crowley so that's great and then the guitar solos like you said by Randy Rhodes was fantastic uh, it's got a really unique song structure the uh, there's no real chorus in it um, and uh, the drums like uh, on that entire album uh, Ozzy's really known for his uh, guitar players a lot but like listening through some of these albums for the first time ever He's got a lot of banging fucking drummers. They're great. Uh, but anyway, my choice, Mr. Crowley for that. So I yield my time. All right, guys, two minutes on the clock. I get the deciding vote, I suppose. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I do. Or it's going to be a clean sweep. Oh, uh, because I am choosing Mr. Crowley. Ozzy's solo career is so much less macabre than the output with Black Sabbath, but that doesn't mean that there aren't these like great examples of him leaning into the Prince of Darkness persona. And one of my favorite offerings is from any album is Mr. Crowley. It weaves this haunting account of the real-life occultist and founder of the, I'm going to mispronounce this, Thelemite religion, which was Alistair Thelema. Thelema, whatever. Uh, Alistair Crowley. Ozzy's vocals are just like, they just soar over this track. But credit where credit's due, because Mr. Crowley was written by Bob, uh, bassist Bob Daisley. And in my opinion, even more than Geezer Butler and Black Sabbath, 
the best lyrical writing partner that Ozzy has ever had is Bob Daisley because they were able to over and over write hit songs. And even though this song failed to chart, it has stood the test of time. And when I think about Ozzy songs, I think this encapsulates everything I could want out of it. A banger, uh, ominous intro, a guitar solo that will shred your fucking skin, that beautiful uh, breakdown, uh, almost like classical music with Randy Rhodes. Uh, Randy is an amazing guitar player, and it's it's crazy to think that, you know, he, he has two albums with Ozzy, and then, you know, he dies. But those two albums are immaculate. They're they're near perfect. In 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 the case of the second album, I think it is perfect. But there's one song, the only song on this album that I would be arguing against would be No Bone Movies. But come on, Mr. Crowley, it fucking rocks, and that's I yield my time. Nineteen seconds left. Clean sweep. All these gentlemen have good taste. I approve. All right, we're gonna move into the qualifying round number two. And this one's going to be a hard one, at least in my estimation. We have Diary of a Madman, which was released November 7th, 1981. It charted number 14 in the UK, number 16 in the USA. It was certified three times platinum. So it's not been quite the overall success that uh, Blizzard of Oz was. But to me, there's there are songs in this album that are like standout track uh, listings, but they're, they're a little less... Um, single-esque, if that makes sense. And we'll just get to it. Over the Mountain, number one, which was released uh, December 4th, 1981, as a single. It didn't chart. Flying High Again was released as a single in October of 1981. Charted number 33 in Canada. Now, you hear this, both of those songs constantly on rock radio, and it's amazing to think that, you know, back in, like, 1981, that they didn't break the charts in America because you can't... You could throw a dart and hit an Aussie song on classic rock radio, 103.5 here in our local area, and it just would, chances are, one of those two songs, or maybe Crazy Train, would be what you would hear. In high school, I used to stop my old 85 Crown Vic and tell everybody to shut up and turn it. I'm like, Aussie's on, and I was right 90% of the time. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have witnesses. My wife has seen this, and she started talking while I think it was Mr. Crowley playing, because we were just at a red line, I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. And I kicked it to 103.5, and it was fucking Mr. Crowley. Okay. I must have heard it from a car. I'm not psychic. I probably heard some car drive by because my window was down and just knew. Anyway, I had to, I had to grab the you mic and say that. You were using the Dark Prince's powers. Hell, Satan, you're damn right I was. <laughs> Number three on Diary of a Madman, You Can't Kill Rock and Roll. Number four, Believer. Number five, Little Dolls. Number six, Tonight, which was released as a single at some point in 1981. It did not chart. Uh, number seven, S-A-T-O. That's an acronym, and you can argue what it stands for. There seems to be a, a disagreement between people involved in what it actually stands for. And then the closing track, number eight, Diary of a Madman. Brent, you are up number one. Two minutes on the clock. Go. Alrighty. My pick for Diary of a Madman uh, is the self-titled track. Uh, it's got a classical guitar intro. Uh, leads into a badass main riff. I'm reading it straight off my notes right now, so... <laughs> um, uh, I really like the uh, the epic journey that it, it really takes on the the track. Um, 
Once again, the drums fucking kick ass on this uh, uh, the, on this track. Um, I mean, it starts off with drums, doesn't it? Or is that, uh, am I thinking Over the Mountain? You're thinking Over the Mountain. Yeah. Either way, the drums kick ass on this entire <laughs> fucking record. Um, there's an orchestral middle section that's very well arranged. The, all, the vocals, the drums, guitar, and uh, the other instruments are just fantastic. Um, and uh, the guitar in this one is uh, kind of eh. I mean, uh, the, the, the riff is okay. But it's still better than, like, most of the other riffs on the record. Uh, Flying High, again, like, while that's a bigger hit, obviously, as you just said, it charted, and this one didn't. Um, the solo's fantastic in Flying High, again, but it really doesn't have a great riff at all. Um, uh, the uh, the choral intro, uh, or choral outro, complements the riff very well. Um, and... Uh, Anyway, uh, I picked Diary of a Madman, so that's my time. All right, well, I'm next up on the docket, and Tony's giving me a laser eye, <laughs> staring daggers through me right now. All right, two minutes on the clock. Yep. To good to go? Yep. All right. I also chose Diary of a Madman. This was, of, the, of every album on here, this one... It was both the most obvious and the hardest because I love every single song on this album. Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman are kind of like brother and sister album. They're they're both incredibly loved and respected with not only in the metal community, but they're just they're they've been reevaluated as just like really solid albums just across the board in terms of critical appraisal. Um, just like with actual brothers and sisters, uh, parents will tend to have their favorites. And whether they'll admit it or not, I think between Blizzard of Oz and Diary, Diary is the better album, but it's by a cunt hair. And that cunt hair is uh, Nobo Movies, which is a t fucking terrible song. <laughs> I, Ozzy, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> um, if, I, if, I, if I have to choose my favorite track, obviously it's Diary of a Madman. It's as much as close, it's as close to perfect for an Ozzy song as I think is possible because this is like the dividing line between like what he did in Black Sabbath and what he was doing with Ozzy. This is, it's big and bombastic, but it's also small and meek. You really get this sense of like the struggle that's going on with Ozzy's, the character he's singing from. And it, it almost reminds me of kind of like an H.P. Lovecraft kind of thing. There's this H.P. Lovecraft story about the monster that sees his um, reflection in the mirror and he gets scared by it because he doesn't realize he's the monster. And I'm not saying that was the inspiration for this, but I get that sense every time I listen to it. And I think Ozzy's vocals, he's becoming a fucking fantastic singer at this point in his career. He's not just doing like the belting heavy metal blues kind of stuff. He's really, really articulating why he's one of the best of all time. And because of that, I choose um, Diary of a Madman. I yield my time. Um, can we start calling uh, No Bone Movies, No Bow Movements? I <laughs> no, really it's totally shit. No, it's, it's, <laughs> I really thought that that's what he was saying the first time I heard that song. No Bow Movements! No Bow Movements! <laughs> okay, get me, get me set up. It's going to take long. Two minutes on the clock, Tony. What you got? Ready? Yes. Diary of a Madman is my favorite fucking song of all time, minus uh, one from Black Sabbath. I fucking love this song. I ripped the back of a plastic seat off the first time I heard him play it live. 
But this is the one thing about this album, and I do love this album. It's one of my favorite all-time albums ever, this and Master Reality. Had they either chose Believer, Over the Mountain, or SATO, I wouldn't have been mad. They would have been wrong, because Diary of a Madman <laughs> is right, but I would not have been mad, because Believer's a fucking jam. Over the fucking mountain rules. I mean, it's just a great fucking album. But no, this song gets me pumped. This song just speaks to me in the core of my being. It is my all-time favorite Ozzy song. It's one of the only two sure bets on this whole bracket that I had. I, there's one that it's the only right answer, and then there's this, because it's my favorite song ever. But had they picked a couple of the songs, I would not have immediately attacked them. I yield my time. You can gush about it a little more. You got a minute. Okay, man, you know... Suck I, its had, dick. Suck I've Ozzy's dick. I've had my dick sucked to this song. I fucked to this song in church school. Like, this song is everything. Like, when it goes out to the orchestral thing and then the violins build up to the guitar kicking back in, that's always the time I bang my fucking head so hard. And if you've ever met me, I got a big fucking noggin. So, I mean, I'm in danger of just breaking my fucking neck. But no, I fucking love this song. I yield my time. Fair enough. Uh, before we move on to the next qualifying round, I just want to get everybody's kind of uh, take just in general. And I, I think I know you and mine and your answer, Fat Tony, but I'd like to get Brent's take on this. Now, being that you've kind of like listened to all these these eight albums, uh, True. would you say that the, like Diary of a Madman is your favorite or do you have a different pick? Of the two? No, just of of, 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 of the eight albums overall. Of the eight albums overall? Uh, I'll kind of give away the ghost if I tell you. I, well, I mean, don't tell me the song, but like, just, I mean, what what album did you prefer? I, I like Osmosis the best, I, but that's where he introduced me to Ozzy, so I'm biased. Well, fair enough. I mean, uh, we're not going to knock you over the head for being wrong. You are, but... Uh, not, not that wrong. You're not that wrong. <laughs> I, I mean... He was always talking about writing his Sergeant Peppers, and I think he fucking nailed it with osmosis. But that is uh, my opinion. (laughs) Don't bring that inferior band, the Beatles, into this conversation. (laughs) I don't like the fucking Beatles either. Good man. Wow, I don't have enough time to discuss whether the Beatles are a great band or not. They they are. Can we put that on the next? No, they're they're musically talented. Does that make them great now? Okay, well we we don't have enough time. The good ones are dead. <laughs> they didn't write a song about bowel movements. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You, okay. you win. You win. No bowel movements. All right, coming in at number three, <coughs> we have Bark at the Moon, which was released November 15th, 1983 in the USA, December 2nd, 1983 in the UK. Charted number 24 in the UK and number 19 in the USA. So you can see. Ozzy is really starting to fucking break off and be a big deal in both, you know, the Eastern world and the Western world. The Western world being the one that matters, you know. So, so I mean, in terms of enter- entertainment, that's absolutely true. In terms of, yeah, that's going to build him a career. And, all, and also in terms of everything else. <laughs> that's a joke, people. Hashtag canceled. <laughs> Hashtag canceled. All right. Certified three times platinum. So it basically did just as good as Diary of a Madman, although less so than Blizzard of Oz. Track listing number one. We have the title track, Bark at the Moon. Was re- okay, talk. Released as a single in November of 1983. Charted number 21 in the UK. Did not chart in America. Can you fucking believe that? Because I can. Foolishness. Re- I mean, I heard the record. I can believe it. 
Save, save their discussion yeah. for just a moment. I think we're all going to be in the same wavelength here, people. <laughs> but the but the song "Bark at the Moon." I mean, even the the video was in high rotation on MTV. So one would think like this is going to be something that at least would creep onto the charts. Maybe not chart super high, but alas, it did not. Number two, you're no different. Number three, now you see it. And in parentheses, now you don't. Number four, Rock and Roll Rebel. Number five, Center of Eternity. Number six, So Tired, which was released as a single at some point in 1984. Charted number 22 in the UK. Didn't chart in America. Number seven, Slow Down. And number eight, Waiting for Darkness. We're not including Spiders of the Night because that was a song that was added on uh, in the re-release. Anniversary so that special yeah, edition. Yeah. yeah, not included in the original version. All right, I have the unmitigated task of uh, ripping this album, new asshole. Uh, give me two minutes on the clock. Let me know when to Whenever go. you're ready. All right, my my choice, and uh, I want to say this uh, number one. I think in general consensus would be that "Bark of the Moon" would be the most well remembered song on this album. And don't get me wrong, it holds up. It's worthy of its place in the pantheon of great heavy metal songs. But I got to be honest, I don't write out love. I don't outright love this album as a whole. Bark of the Moon is going to stand out because it's the go-to song. That being said, in the rare occasions that I actually find myself wanting to listen to this album, there are two tracks that I find myself like really liking and wanting to revisit. So I had to choose between those two. I ultimately chose Waiting for Darkness, and admittedly, I don't have a ton of justification for choosing it beyond I just it just closes out a less-than-stellar album in the best light possible. By the early 80s, Ozzy's vocals were really maturing, and he became a, a really great singer. And he's... I think that, that just it just suits his vocal range a lot better than overall than Bark at the Moon. And I feel even bad for saying that, because Bark at the Moon is just one of the most iconic riffs of all time. But I'm speaking about in terms of what a great Ozzy song is. And you can't always throw that on the backing band. Ozzy is the figurehead of this, and what makes an Ozzy song great, sometimes you have to zero in on just Ozzy. So, Waiting for Darkness, I think, lyrically is more interesting. I think it uh, it has a nice build and a, an ebb and a flow into it, and I realize I'm probably going to be outvoted, and if that's the case, I will uh, certainly uh, accept that, but my choice is Waiting for Darkness. I yield my time. Tony, you're up next. No, you're damn right. Dude. Two minutes on the Hit clock. start. Ready? One, two, three. This is fucking Judas Priest all over again. Uh, said there was only one wrong answer on Painkiller. On this album, there's only one right answer. It's Bark at the Fucking Moon. The music, <coughs> the lyrics, the horror movie vibe of it, the vocal styles are great. Soaring vocals. Everything is right in this one song. And then I remember, because I'd heard this song a bunch before I went out in like middle school and bought the album and was genuinely mad. I wasted, I think it was like $5.99 on cassette at CBS above my house. I was so fucking mad. I've heard the whole album. I will always listen to an Ozzy album all the way through three times. Off the rip. But no, Bark at the Moon is the only great song on the album. It's the only good song on the album. I, the one you made the least incorrect choice, still massively incorrect. There was only... Hashtag I won't forgive, I won't forget. I've, I yield my time. It's Bark at the Moon. 
I accept your decision, and I don't disagree with it. But before I give Brent the floor, I want to say um, the only song on here that like I would be angry if someone picked, and it's going to be funny if Brent picks it. I hope he does, and I hope he has the good sense not to. And I don't want to shame him out of his decision, but if you pick this... Um, it's just slightly, it's just slightly better than Center of Eternity, and he the, gets no room to shame you for shit. <laughs> the, I mean, I got my ratings right here. If you want to, the, the I answer is yes. the worst song in this album. I, I, I think is Center of Eternity, but that is, I will digress. What is two minutes on clock, Brent? What you got? Um, so first off, uh, I'm gonna say that my choice for this, uh, this album is Bark at the Moon, the title track. Uh, our it's got an iconic guitar riff and intro. Uh, fucking Jakey e. Lee rips it on this uh, on this track. Um, we'll get more into that later. Uh, so the vocal stylings on this record, as we have been talking about, uh, I will say one thing about the vocals on this entire record and the lyrics, especially. You could tell when Ozzy could afford drugs. Um, <laughs> the first two albums, like he was a bit. <laughs> less affluent and this time he's like oh man i love all the cocaine i'm gonna write about stupid shit <laughs> um the uh the guitar solo in this uh track in particular is something that almost every person that plays heavy metal and picks up a guitar aspires to i can't do it i know a few people that can uh and it's it's utterly amazing uh the production of the val- production value of the song is pretty high uh, especially in comparison to the previous two records, uh, but even when compared to the rest of the album. Um, the drums, again, Tony Aldridge did a fantastic job on this. Um, and uh, let's see, the, there's like they said before, there's, there's no real competition on this album, uh, in my opinion. Uh, uh, what, Waiting for Darkness is the only other real standout. Uh, but it still doesn't hold a candle. Uh, the band feels like uh, it, it lacked direction uh, in this entire album, and uh, that's my opinion. So, Bark at the Moon. Okay, well, I don't think anybody's going to change their argument. Listen, it was very hard for me to pick anything other than Bark at the Moon, but like always, I want to keep these... I want to be a hipster. It's not about being a hipster. You could have picked Leather Rebel on Painkiller. I could have, but... (laughs) You're still sore about that. I'm still... I will never forget. That was, what, three years ago? I had a fear. I had a fear that we're going to clean sweep these early rounds, so for for the sake of argument, I make my argument, and I stand with it. That being said, I have been outvoted, and I I wholeheartedly agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um... I do want to say one thing about uh, this album before we move on. Uh, kind of similar, like to we just discussion we just had. Is this the worst Aussie solo yes. album? No. Are we going to wait till the end? To I this? I th- I think of the albums that people know about Aussie, like the ones that are like in the public zeitgeist. Absolutely, answer is supposed to be. But the next one. Is my I, fucking you're wrong. fucking wrong. I I disagree. I disagree. I I like. I'm the fuck you. Anyway, fuck you. We're bro. going on. <laughs> this is my least favorite Aussie album, and it pains me to say that because when you think about like classic Aussie albums, like the the album cover, the title track, like this feels like it should be classic, and it just isn't. Like I said, I was genuinely mad. I wasted five ninety nine when I was in middle school. That's a lot of fucking. It's six fifty with tax. 
getting choked Adjust, up. Adjusted for inflation, that's like $30,000 now. <laughs> I know, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, Those okay. figures might be incorrect. Don't, don't quote me on they, that. They may be stretching just a little. Uh, give it a couple of years, you'll probably be correct. Um, number <laughs> no Qualifying round number four, we have The Ultimate Sin, released January 24th, 1986 in the USA, February 10th, 1986 in the UK. Charted number eight in the UK, number six in the USA. USA! USA! Exactly. But Ozzy is, he is like, he's it at this point. And this may be visually the most unappealing version of Ozzy. Drag queen strip, uh, drag queen trucker Ozzy He's just a step away from New York Dolls uh, or Twisted Sister kind of attire. And um, they've wanted to erase this era of Ozzy. But uh, maybe Brent agrees with that decision, but I think uh, Tony and I may fight against it. This was a hard one for me. It has been certified two times platinum. So even though up front it did a lot better in terms of like charting, um, it it has not stood the test of time. And some of that has to be because of on the back end. Sequin shirts. Just say like your debut sales for a record are determined by your previous album, not the current album. Some of that's true. So Bark at the Moon really, the soul, the single really propelled this album into sales a, a bit, I believe. That I'm not disagreeing with you, but the fact that they have taken this album, like you, like for the longest time it was not available on iTunes, they didn't re-release this album like in the most recent time, and that's because... Good. That's, Sharon <laughs> made a conscious effort to erase this... This was his flirting with glam rock. This was Poison, this was... Uh, Cinderella era, this was like, you know, the real, that way he, he followed a trend. That is true, and that there's a flaw in this album. I think that... But was- musically, he followed a trend visually in the videos. Musically, this album is a fucking banger. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And let's just get to it. Number one, The Ultimate Sin, which was released as a single at some point in 1986, had a really cool music video kind of harping on Dallas. I, I used to have the Ultimate Aussie VHS back in the day. Watched this music video a million times because you get to see Ozzy wearing a, a cowboy hat, chasing a woman in his uh, boxer shorts and, and socks. His day-to-day. This was the, the first season of the Osbournes. Exactly. Uh, charted number 72 in the UK. Number two, Secret Loser. Number three, Never Know Why. Number four, Thank God for the Mom. Number five, Never. Number six, Lightning Strikes. It, it was a single at some point in 1986. Charted number 72 in the UK, not in America. Killer of Giants, number eight, Fool Like You. Number nine, Shot in the Dark, released as a single at some point in 1986. It charted number 20 in the UK and 68 in the USA. Probably the most well-known song from the album. It was number one on MTV. It was the most, it was his only video he had that was the number one most selected video. Well, there you go. And that's the worst video. (laughs) That is the drag queen trucker, Ozzy. Um, Tony, you're going to start us off Two minutes on the clock. One, two, three, go. Okay, this was actually kind of hard because this isn't like nowhere near my favorite <coughs> album of his, but this does have its Ultimate Sin, Secret Loser, uh, fucking Killer of Giants. This has some great songs on it. And my favorite one that is totally fucked up by the chorus is uh, Lightning Strikes. It would have been the greatest, but no, I'm, uh, ultimately for this, it was kind of hard. I picked Secret Loser. I just kind of like the mid-tempo vibe. It gallops along at a pretty steady pace. It does, you know, just kind of talking, you know, he's always had self-confidence problems. 
you know, he's this big rock star. So lyrically, I think it connected with him. Uh, there's a little, but you know, this is one of these, I'm not going to get mad at anything they pick. I can't feel really strong that this and Ultimate Sin is a flip of a coin for me. Or Killer of Giants is a fucking badass song too. That's great too. But ultimately, uh, I gotta go with Secret Loser. And I think I, this was my first concert. I won't say what year because it makes me, I was five years old. I'm pretty certain that's what he started the concert with. It's kind of vague memories. I, we were in the upper deck, front row. I had head, uh, like, gunshot earphone headphones over my ears. It was all the drugs. Metallica just scared the shit out of me. Uh, but Ozzy, I'm pretty certain he came down and from the big voodoo chair, and I'm pretty certain this was the first song. Maybe some vague memories why I'm picking it, but I got to go with Secret Loser. I yield my time. All right, I'm up next. Two minutes on the clock, Brent. Okay. Let me know when to go. Whatever you... One, two, three. All right. It's a shame that Sharon Osbourne has gone out of her way to erase the ultimate sin from Ozzy's history. Admittedly, Ozzy's wardrobe during this era was not becoming of a, the moniker of the Prince of Darkness, but the album, I think, is actually pretty good. Uh, in 1982, Randy Rhodes was tragically killed in a plane crash, and it left Ozzy without this creative person to kind of work off of. And he was still de delivering um, great lyrics because of Bob Daisley, but with the addition of Jakey e. Lee, it, it didn't quite manifest other than Bark of the Moon, uh, the title track of like what a truly great hard rock metal force that duo could be. And I just think that the, there's the magic in my choice, which is Secret Loser. Um, it's my favorite track from the album. Uh, a close second would be Ultimate Sin, which is which is Drop D, mind you, which was sort of unheard of in like you know mainstream metal at the time. You know, like stuff that you would see on uh, MTV or you know, and not in a you know a heavier like death metal or you know uh, thrash metal kind of band. Not that a lot of those were playing really, really, really heavy stuff, but comparatively, that riff is really heavy. But Secret Loser is just, it's just an anthem. When I was in high uh, middle school, like, this was kind of like my anthem, because, like, I just felt like the weird outcast kid, and I don't know, there's just something about it that, like, the the lyrics really hit to me, and then that that bass line, especially when it goes right into, like, the, um, the lyrical part, um, where it kind of does the breakdown, seeing is not believing, it doesn't mean anything, although it appears to be that the loser is king. Uh, I can understand that what you think you see is real, but underneath the surface is a wound that cannot heal. Lyrically, that means so much to me. I yield my time. Nine, seven seconds on the clock. Bum, bum, bum. All right. All right. Two minutes on the clock, Brent. What oh, you got? He's getting out his notes. Give him a second. Okay. He took this one seriously. I mean, as seriously as I could take it. Uh, when, whenever you're ready. Go. Okay, for uh, The Ultimate Sin, uh, I picked the uh, obvious choice, I believe. Uh, Shot in the Dark. So this is already a foregone conclusion. Y'all have already picked the, <laughs> picked the winner for this. But I'm going to tell you my opinion anyway. Um, this one has like a very uh, late-night cop drama feel to it. <laughs> um there's a, a really good vocal hook in the chorus, uh, the shot in the dark uh, phrase line. Uh, the guitar and drums, uh, Jakey e. Lee and uh, Randy Castillo on this uh, on this track were uh, phenomenal yet again, like they always are. Uh, but my reasons for picking this, and Fat Tony can look at my notes right here. Uh, 
this is the best of a lackluster album. Like, this is, uh, <laughs> I, I did not like this album at all. Read that line. Oh, I'm about to. Uh, uh, th- this was a really hard choice for me because uh, it's like choosing between fucking your mom and fucking your dad. <laughs> there's really no good, there's no good pick on this. So I just picked the answer that fucking sucks the least. And that shot in the dark. I healed my time. <laughs> You know, I was about to be like, I don't, I don't mind his choice. And I looked down at his notes and saw that he wrote that down, people. I almost shit my pants. Oh, you mean you mean shark, shark in the I dark? I had a shark in the dark almost. You know, I understand. I think I'm, I would totally be biased against picking Shot in the Dark because the video tainted it so much for me. To me, so, to okay. me there there is an Aussie live EP called Just Say Aussie. And the best version of Shot in the Dark is on oh, that know, album yeah. because that's the version they did with Geezer and it has an extended intro and it just it's just a little the pace is a little quicker and it's a little heavier. Um not shitting on your choice, Brent, like from a from a like a, a standpoint of like what was what had the biggest chance of being a commercial hit. I agree with you, and I, I don't dislike that song, and I'm going to say something about what Tony said about Lightning Strikes. Man, what a, what that song could have been, because it pusses out in the fucking chorus, but that opening riff is a fucking beast. I absolutely love that, and then it gets oh, yeah, to... I fucking love it. Rockin' all night, rockin' so, all night sucks. According to my, like, ratings, I'm not going to let y'all see, but, like, that is the lowest rated Roz, Aussie song in the entire list for me. Oh, Lightning, lightning strike? Strikes. That oh, I don't blame you. That killed it. God but is the terrible. intro not badass? Yes. Like, they have really good moments. Fair enough. But overall, that song fucking sucks balls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> number five. Am I starting this one? Uh, you will be. Qualifying round uh, number five. We have No Rest for the Wicked. It was released September 28th, 1988. It charted number 23 in the UK, number 13 in the USA. Charted, um, I'm sorry, certified two times platinum. So we're still kind of holding on to a consistent Aussie record, uh, you know, raking in, you know, a couple million buys. Um, but, you know, we're starting to see a little, a little slack off uh, before we have the next boom period of his career. Number one, Miracle Man, which uh, was released as a single in October of 1988, charted 87 in the UK, not in America. Devil's Daughter, number two, which is also in parentheses, called Holy War. Number three, Crazy Babies, which was released as a single in February of 1989, did not chart. Number four, Breaking All the Rules. Five, Bloodbath and Paradise. Six, Fire in the Sky. Seven, Tattooed Dancer. Number eight, Demon Alcohol. And there's a hidden track called Hero. Um, Brent, you're up first. Two minutes on the clock. What you got? Give me a countdown. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so my pick for No Rest for the Wicked is Miracle Man. Um, it's got a really cool uh, intro guitar riff by Zach Wilde himself. Um, and the drums, again, Randy Castillo. Uh, the vocal melody in the chorus uh, was really cool. Uh, I like the vocal effect on that. And uh, <laughs> what do I have here? Um, the uh, It's got a killer guitar solo in that uh in that track um so uh for the reason why i picked this uh song in particular is uh 
So Crazy Babies is on uh, Ozman Cometh, which is like the uh, on like like his greatest hits record, like the, the first one anyway. Uh, but this song is way more metal and way more representative of Ozzy, in my personal opinion. Plus, the lyrics to Crazy Babies are just fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like the band where they just replaced their guitar player again. Uh, they're kind of searching for their like new sound. Um, so they're they're just a bit lost and like. I feel like this track is really the only one that like really came together. So that's why it's my pick for uh, this record. Uh, I yield my time. All right, Tony, you're up next. Two minutes on the clock. Ready? One, two, three, go. I'm going to agree with my man Brent here because I also picked Miracle Man, but I'm probably going to use most of my two minutes now. There were many reasons. This is like Zach Wild, you know, get he's not fully Zach Wild yet. But I mean, Zach he's Mild. coming up. He's Zach Mild. Uh, <laughs> he's coming off. This is a great fucking album. But the main reason, like, I've had a really hard time. There's some bops, you know, Bloodbath and Paradise. I fucking love Crazy Babies. Year. I, I agree with Brent. I don't really care for. I never cared for that song much. But Miracle Man just has that like Ozzy stank to it. Like this is a fucking Ozzy song. Like this and Over the Mountain. It's got that just gallop to it and. The main reason that I, this has always stuck with me, I grew up in the church as everybody knows. My dad didn't convert till Seventh-day Adventism until I was like 11 or 12. So Saturday nights, he'd be downstairs watching TV, or some Friday nights watching TV and stuff. I'd have to be up in my room. But every Sunday morning, he watched Jimmy Swagger. And when all that shit came out about Jimmy Swagger, forgive me, I have sinned. Like, he was devastated, and that's what this song's literally about, and it just has always tickled me. It has always lived with me. I think this is the song, and again, I heard this after, the, I didn't buy this album when it first came out. It was, what, 88? I was seven. You know, this is me rediscovering, but, like, I, I like the Zach era, and, the you know, I like it better than the previous era, post-Randy, uh... Randy, uh Randy Rhodes, God, I had a brain fart. But anyway, no, I love this song, and fuck you, Jimmy Swagger, and all you televangelists. <laughs> Hail Satan forever. I yield my time. <laughs> my dad used to have the Playboy with that chick that Jimmy Swagger fucked in. I've seen that too, yeah. Jessica Hahn? <laughs> I don't or is know. That a different, I don't, no, 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 but that was, uh, that was Jim Baker. The same thing Jimmy <laughs> Swagger did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, two minutes on the clock. Oh, fuck. Uh, Three, two, one, go. All right, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. No Rest for the Wicked sees the debut of Zach Wilde on the guitar, and Ozzy's career has greatly benefited from this era, in particularly because of the next couple albums after this one in terms of like profitability. That being said, No Rest for the Wicked serves more as like a straight-ahead hard rock metal album, whereas No More Tears is a little more commercial, and a lot of people prefer that album. Um, we're probably... Your miles are going to vary on this one, but I, I overall, I prefer this album, No More Tears, but it, it lacks a true standout song. My pick is Breaking All the Rules. I like the riff. I like the attitude. The drumming from Randy Castillo is fucking fantastic, and I'm not going to win this round, but I don't think it's a great loss that I did. Um, Miracle Man is also a great song. Um, my, I was very, very close. I yield my time, by the way, but my, my, I almost chose Bloodbath and Paradise. That was my number two. I think lyrically that's the best song on the album. 
Um, but I think the motif of, of uh, your song, Miracle Man, is the most Aussie. Oh, yeah. But breaking all the rules just feels like a... It's just a really solid rock song. Oh, yeah, it absolutely... You're you're very wrong about this being better than No More Tears, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> personal taste, personal taste. <clears throat> the peaks are higher, but I think the lows are lower. That's my opinion. And um, qualifying round number six, we have No More Tears, which was released September 17th, 1991, charted number 17 in the UK, and Aussie's on the rise again in the US at number seven. It has gone platinum four times, so this is his best-selling album since the debut. With uh, It did five times platinum, this has done four times platinum. So evidently something about this album clicked with the, the general populace. Number one, Mr. Tinker Train. Number two, I Don't Want to Change the World. Number three, Mama, I'm Coming Home, uh, which is a single that was released in 1991 in November. Uh, chart number 46 in the UK, number 28 in the USA. Number four, Desire. Number five, No More Tears was released as a single in September of 1991, charted number 32 in the UK, 71 in the USA. Six, Hellraiser, number seven, Time After Time, number nine, Zombie Stomp, 10, AVH, and 11, The Ballad, Road to Nowhere. I'm going to be starting this one off. Give me two minutes on the clock. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Mr. Tinker Train sucks. I don't want to change the world as catchy, but I prefer the live version from Live and Loud. Mama, I'm Coming Home is an all-time classic, and it really shows Ozzy's vocal range, but I never want to hear that song again. Desire is really good, but I feel like it's filler. No More Tears is really good, but I'd, I'd kind of put it maybe at number two on my list of this album. Time After Time is a pretty good song, but it's too lovey-dovey for my taste. I hate Zombie Stomp. AVH is completely forgettable. Road to Nowhere would be the best Paul McCartney song if you ever wrote it, but Ozzy wrote this song, so fuck you, Paul McCartney. <laughs> My choice is Hellraiser, because I gotta be honest, I still prefer the Motorhead version of this song, but Ozzy's vocals are fucking fantastic on this version, so sonically, I think the Motorhead version's better, but I think Ozzy's vocals are really good. The The version they did pretty recently where they kind of married the two together is the definitive version for that. Um, I don't love No More Tears, and I know I'm in the minority on that. I think it's just a tad bit overproduced. Um, it just, I don't know, it feels, it feels very 1991, and you know how much I love the 90s. <laughs> but I still think it's a good album, and I would much rather listen to it than maybe some of the, the later Ozzy albums or definitely Bark at the Moon. But every time I hear Hellraiser, it just it just puts pep in my step, and it makes me say, Jesus wept. I yield my time. Brent I knew it's because it's the fucking 90s. I just clicked right now, and you're bitching about it so bad. Brent. What, you, me? I thought it was no, Tony next. Brent, no, you are you. up. You have two minutes on the clock. Tell me when you're ready. Um, go whenever you're ready. Go. All right. So, uh, for I'll put it wherever I want to. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so, for No More Tears, uh, I'm going to pick uh, Mama, I'm Coming Home. Like Overall, I felt like this was a pretty good record. Um this is the first time I've ever actually heard it all the way through. I've heard the singles countless times uh, on the radio. I actually didn't realize that No More Tears was as long as it is. Like, the, the album version is much better than the radio version, in my opinion. Uh, but anyway, uh, My Mom Coming Home. It has a really iconic 12-string uh, guitar intro by Zach Wilde himself. Um, the vocal melody throughout is uh, fantastic. Um, and... 
it uh, starts another theme that Ozzy starts having throughout the rest of his career. It's like, I love my wife, Sharon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The guitar solo. uh, Fantastic. Uh, It's very tasteful. Very, uh, very simple. Um, Not, not super complicated. I really like it, but it does, it does what it's supposed to. Um, uh, This uh, record, uh, that's, it's where that Ozzy really found his, I'm going to put in air quotes, modern sound. Uh, unfortunately, it was not perfected yet. This is my opinion. We already know because I gave up the ghost uh, earlier. Uh, no More, More Tears is a very close second. I wouldn't be hurt if you picked that one. It, it just doesn't have like the hook that Mama I'm Coming Home has for me. Uh, but most of the rest of the album is good, but just not great. Um, so that's my opinion. I yield my time. All right, Tony, you got two minutes on the clock. Not yet. He's got to set it. He doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. One, two, three, go. Here we go. We finally got a three-way split, people. Woo! We're going to get into rebuttals. My, I, No More Tears was my close second. Again, album version. It's a fucking iconic song. I remember the video. I was seeing this fucking live, the bass. My pick is Welcome Home, S-I-N. Shadows in the Night. It's a, it's my hipster pick for the album, but it has a good galloping thing, even though the whoa, whoa, whoa is a little late, but I still love it. I gotta love it. Like, it's just such a fucking great song. Hellraiser was also, but again, I prefer the Aussie version to the Motorhead, but the definitive version is the combined, but it's still, to me, for some reason, the song just, it's like, it's like drinking a... A double shot of espresso for me. And I do like Zombie Stomp. Yes, it's stupid and cheesy. But you want to know why I like my Zombie Stomp? Because my dead dad likes it, too. You going to say some shit now? I've looked at you him. You can't fucking that. use that. I did. I did, and it was great. <laughs> no, but he did. I, I was playing the album one day. He's always like, what's that? I like the, I like the beat to it. And he started he listening to that unprompted about it. But no, it, it is not a great song. It's, no, it's not as bad as No Bone Movies. Well, no. no but uh, <laughs> no, like this song, it just it energizes me. I, You know, the very brief times of my life where I've ever worked out, this would be my workout song. I fucking love it. Uh, the guitar is just, the guitar is really what sells it for me. And, you know, Ozzy's vocals are all, this is the beginning, like Brent, like Brent said, this is the beginning of modern era. Ozzy, and I fucking love it. Uh, I've got 20 seconds left. I'm still going to go. And uh, let's see. Mr. Tinker Train doesn't suck, though. It's about a pedo, so it's not great. But uh, I don't want to change the world fucking rules. Suck a dick there, and I yield my time. (laughs) Okay, so we are in an an impasse. This is the first time in this episode we've all had different picks. And I kind of thought that the... Uh, the album previous to this would be the one that that would have happened on, but it's oddly enough, it's going to be on this one. Um, Brent with the big hit, uh, me with uh, the cult favorite, and you with the dark horse, and you being Fat Tony. Um, oddly enough, in my notes, I actually fucking forgot to even write Sin on here. I, went I from, know. I went from seven to nine. Um, that shows you... Um, okay, how do we want to do this? Do, does everybody want a, a minute rebuttal, or do we want to just go to a, a vote... Two I one. can tell you right now, I'm willing to change my votes to one of your two songs. And I want to, I'm going to hold you in suspense. We'll see how everybody wants to play this out. So do, uh, we'll go by consensus. Do we want to do a rebuttal? Minute rebuttal? I can just go straight by my ratings and pick 
which one for well, me well, like if I have to change my vote you don't have you can stick by your vote or change it to his or mine I ha I can be a decider here if you don't feel strongly about it I I'm pretty I'm pretty steadfast in my I don't I don't feel the inclination to change my vote Brent are you on the fence or are you going to uh, I don't really want to change my vote then but it's up to me then Fat Tony will get the deciding vote. You don't want to change your vote. Your vote don't change, change me. I've got to go, Mama. I'm coming home, man. I've always loved that song, too. It's a <laughs> song about his wife. I know you thought I was going to pick Hellraiser. <laughs> I love Hellraiser. But it is one of the most iconic Aussie songs it, it really of all is. time. Every time he's, I've never been to a concert he didn't play it at, except when I was five years old because he hadn't written it yet. But like seriously, like it's one of his all time. You mean when Lemmy wrote it? Because Mama, I'm coming home. Lemmy wrote. Okay, Mama, well, I'm mean, coming when home. They put it on the album. Really? Yeah, and he decided he's like, I can't sing this, so he gave it Mama, to Ozzy. Mama, I love you, Lemmy. We drink to you every day. But, like, no, that's not all of us are alcoholics. <laughs> not every day we record, but I drink him every day. Speak for yourself. You fucking sober loser. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but, yeah, I have to change it to Mama, I'm Coming Home. I'm not even going to argue with that. Um, Mama, Coming Home is a fantastic song. It's just that I'm going to say my piece, and I will, I will bow out gracefully. Absolutely. My thing is that there, to me there is there's commercial Aussie, which is still good. It's like the best of what you can uh, accept from like a uh, stuff that like is going to play, uh, you know, on radio that is not designed for metal, classic rock, but maybe you know a little more it's classic rock now. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> every band we've done for Heavy Metal March Madness is classic rock. That's now. that's true. That's true. The White Stripes are classic rock. If you Shut up! Fuck, fuck you. <laughs> and no bone. And no bone. So that was Nickelback. Fuck! God damn it, Brent. <laughs> we're about to have a fucking fight in here. <laughs> Just stop it. We're gonna to have to take a twenty-minute uh, fist fight break. One oh three five says so. I want. I want to say that like Nickelback and um, the White Stripes wish they could write a song as bad as No Bone Movies. They wish they could. Man, Seven Nation Army is a catchy fucking song. You know? yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the only song I can name. Yeah, by yeah. yeah. Well, and once you've heard it twice, you're like, well, I never want to hear that well, again. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. All right, anyway. I, I concede. I concede. I will even. I will even change my vote just to make it a clean sweep. I mean, Mom, I'm coming. No, no, no. I'm going to do it I'm gonna because write it down. because I agree with you in terms of like it's 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 more it's more important. But I would rather hear Hellraiser because I, I like a little. A I, giant, I like more of the heavier Aussie stuff, which is which is kind of different because not a lot of times I would rather hear more a little more poppy stuff from from Ozzy because I think his voc vocally he's gotten better. Yeah, I see, what but. You I think that's just a better song. But I will concede and I will change. So, okay, well, we got it like, down there's there. There's no real bad songs on that record, there's I don't not, think. It's not like, he said, Mr. Tinker, Tinker Train. Mr. Tinker Train sucks, and I will the die. The guitar riff saves it. I love the guitar riff on I'm it. I'm not saying there aren't good things in it. I have to go back Mr. And Tinker Train. And Zombies, I don't like Zombie Stomp at all. If I actually, if I had to die on the hill, it'd be for Zombie Stomp sucks. <laughs> I'm, and I, I, I don't want to speak. I, I do not want to speak ill of your no dead father. I knew that you hated that song, but I really liked it. Part of me wanted to make my hipster pick that, but I, to be honest, <laughs> I had to do S I N. You know, well, you know, because that, that's genuinely my favorite song on the album. It was that, already the hipster pick. That that's 
S-I-N's a really good song, too. I, I think the vocal melody right before the chorus is yeah. fucking fantastic. So, fuck you, Brent. We agree with you. <laughs> All right. Because I'm right. All right, we got two more rounds uh, in our qualifying situation here. Number seven, Osmosis, released October 23rd, 1995. It charted number 22 in the UK. And then look at this. The success is is just a fucking juggernaut right now. Charted number four in the United States, two times platinum, which is a huge. Dr- I was right. Yes, but it's a huge. <laughs> it is a huge. It is a huge drop from the album before it, uh, which was four times platinum. So even though this had strong uh, debuts, it kind of fell off a little more quickly than. You know, maybe some of the other albums. The album art is scary. That's why nobody wanted to buy it. They're like, ooh, it's scary. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't, I've don't. i never met a I've metal met, or hard I, rock I, fan who's like, oh, man, this, the album art's too scary for me to buy. It's rock fans. <laughs> oh it's like normal people that are scared of it. That's why they didn't buy as many. Okay, fair, fair enough. So you're saying the diehard 2 million... Yes, the uh, diehard metal- 2 million Aussie fans are like, I love Satan! <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, number one, we have Perry Mason. It was released as a single November 1995, charted number 20, 23 in the UK. Number two, I Just Want You, which was released as a single in June of 1996, charted number 43 in the UK. Number three, Ghost Behind My Eyes. Number four, Thunder Underground. Number five, See You on the Other Side, which was released as a single in January of 1996. Charted number 59 in Sweden. Uh, nowhere else. Uh, six, uh, Tomorrow. Seven, Denial. Eight, My Little Man. Number nine, My Jekyll Doesn't Hide. And ten, Old L.A. Tonight. Tony, you're going to be topping us off, starting us off here. I'll top you off, Daddy. <laughs> two, oh, mi- yeah. <laughs> two minutes on the clock, Brent. Ready? Right. Three, two, one, go. Okay, this is another hipster pick, because there are so many songs I love on this album. I Just Want You, Perry fucking Mason, Thunder Underground, but ultimately my choice was Tomorrow. It's a very long song. It has a little... You could probably trim a minute off. I'll admit that. But the fucking rip is great. The, the mid-tempo... Uh, kind of mid-level, not soaring Aussie vocals, but like the low-key Aussie vocals, the lyrics. Uh, I just fucking love it. It's the one I keep coming back to over and over again. Uh, but uh, um, Brent got it. Uh, no, like, it's just, again, there there are other choices if y'all make on this, because I don't hate any song in this album. My Jekyll doesn't hide, you know, just whatever. It's a filler song. Uh but I just tomorrow just has this that good like chunky doom to it that I just fucking love. So that's gonna and you know it's a very low key somber kind of it's it was always in high school and stuff you know when I was in a bad mood and didn't feel my feelings so hard because the hormones you know it was my go to like cheer me up song. Everybody feels feelings really hard and that 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 age because their brains are just like burning up. Okay, and it was a good. I'm just gonna unplug and let Ozzy sing my pain away song. So I won't be upset with any other disagreements or whatever. <clears throat> That's fine, and I yield my time. All right, Brent, you're up next. Two minutes on the clock. You when ready? you're ready. Three, two, one, go. Alrighty, so as I stated before, two times, uh, this was my favorite 
uh, Ozzy album. Uh, so the the pick on this one was kind of difficult, and I'm not going to be sad about if anything else gets picked. But my pick is Perry Mason, uh, the really cool string intro. Uh, I really loved it. Uh, there's a uh, there's guitar riff after guitar riff after guitar riff. I fucking love the lyrics, and the solo is just fucking mind blowing. Zach Wild out of the park once again. Um, the chorus is like, oh my god, Th- that's my li- <laughs> that's my notes right there. Chorus is oh my god. <laughs> uh, the bass, uh, Geezer Butler recorded the bass on this one. That that fucking do 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 do. I really love that riff. Uh, it it doesn't make the song because there's like twenty fucking riffs in this song. They're kick ass. Um, let's see. Um, why, uh, let's see, it was a difficult decision for me, it's, uh, my favorite Aussie album, uh, I Just Want You, uh, is great, but the lyrics are kinda, meh, like, he talks about a lot of stuff, but he's like, but at the end of the day, Sharon, <laughs> so, but the, so the verse has nothing to do with the chorus, uh, that's kinda why it, it won out on that one, um, Ghost Behind My Eyes is fucking fantastic, um, but it's not as banging. I like fucking heavy metal, so there we go. Uh, see you on the other side. The same. Um, old LA, so good, but uh, it it's not Perry Mason. Uh, so I'm just gonna pick that one, and I yield my time. All right, two minutes on the clock for me. Let me know when I'm ready to roll. Three, two, one, go. I love my metal heavy, fast, and unapologetic, and Osmosis delivers several great tracks to add to Ozzy's catalog. (sighs) And, Tony, I'm going to make you mad. If I were being objective, my answer would be tomorrow. But I have a reason as to why I have to choose what I chose. And it's because it's the song I lost my virginity to. (laughs) Fair enough, I won't argue. (laughs) <laughs> and that song is Ghost Behind My Eyes. <sighs> the melody's beautiful. The reason this track just strikes me is because I got the nut inside a vagina. And um, <laughs> and, I, and I will never fucking forget, I'll never forget that. And I can't help but hear it and not think about it. So that's, that's my answer. <laughs> I, in, all, in, in all sincerity... Um, you could write it off as like a, a simple studio manipulation of like how good Ozzy sounds on this album. But I think the Ozzy, this is, this may be Ozzy's best pure vocal on a, on a song ever. And I really stand by that aside from the shooting goo inside of a lady. Thank you, Heather. I really appreciate you letting me, um, <laughs> I haven't talked to you in like 20 something years, but I, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> that's what the ladies want to hear yeah, I, I appreciate you letting me come you yield my time <laughs> alright we're down to another three way split here people <coughs> I, I was a deciding factor last time I'm standing the fuck by my tomorrow choice one of y'all can yeah, I, you're putting me in a really hard position. You but think I haven't shot goo to tomorrow? You think I haven't nutted was it, those was it the inside first time? of a woman? Was it the first time? No, the first time. Did you make love? Did you make love to my? I've made love many a times to. Uh, For the first time, I just want you. 
I just changed my mind. I will be mad about one pick, and it's tomorrow. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would, you son of a bitch. You're, you're essentially, like, even though I agree with you, you're essentially asking me to I'm not uh, revert. You. You, no, no, you are. You're, okay. you're, you're asking me to change my 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 vote for brain over dick. If and that's you a, were that's a still hard... with Heather, that'd be one thing. I'd be like, you got to stick with it. You, you know, only get one you're... time to do it first time. And even though it may not have been fantastic for her, it was for me. You're not gonna. I'm just saying your pick's kind of on shaky ground. There's no actual Aussie reason to pick that one. Oh, they're absolutely. Dude, no, 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 I'm telling you, I put it on and it got her in the fucking mood. No, he's talking about my pick. Oh, your pick. Are you talking about my pick? I'm talking about his pick. Oh, his pick. There's no Aussie reason for him to pick that. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dude, Ozzy got her to take her panties you off. You picked anything else besides Bark at the Moon, because there's an Ozzy in the lyrics, and I got to make it interesting. <laughs> this is some lovely young woman who allowed you the first time, and I'm going to say she's one of your random, like, mess gangs you pick up on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a chore. It's not random. He seeks them out. That's true. All right, all right fine. I, I'm going to, I will go with, I will choose my brain over over my dick and I will choose my I will choose tomorrow because that was my second well, the choice. Perry Mason was two or three. Like I, I have an emotional sentimental attachment to uh I just want you, but as you said, some of the lyrics, you know. By the way, there's a better version of I Just Want You on Osman Cometh called um Oh, back, yeah, back on Earth, the alternate tape. Yeah, thing. it's it's basically the same song but not the same song. Yeah. I prefer that version. Oh, Tomorrow with one M or two. Two. It doesn't matter. You're right. Nobody's going to see well, it. I just want to be right for Ozzy. All right. We got one more qualifying round. Down to Earth released October 16th, 2001. And I can tell you it was, man, that stretch. Like, we were fucking waiting for this I album got, to come out. I knew the, the little fat guy with the chin beard at FYE. And, like, they weren't doing a midnight sale for it, but, like, he gave it to me a day early and just said, shut up and give me the money tomorrow. Well, thank you, chin beard, beard dude. Uh, October 16th, 2001, charted number 19 in the UK, number four in the USA. It went platinum, so we're seeing, a, 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 you know, less and less people. But you got to remember, the last album came out in '96. That's that's a pretty big uh, gap of time in between albums because Ozzy had planned on retiring, and then you know, or uh, maybe there was a no more tours. Retirement sucks, and then like maybe we'll retire. And now you know but they couldn't they couldn't keep a good man down, and Ozzy returned. And number one on Down to Earth gets me through. It was released as a single on September fourth, two thousand one. Charted number eighteen in the UK. Number two, Facing Hell. Number three, Dreamer releases a single during October sixteenth of two thousand one. Charted number eighteen in the UK. Number four, No Easy Way Out. Number five, That I Never Had. Six, You Know, parent uh, or ellipses. And then parentheses, part one. There is no part two that I'm aware of. Uh, number seven, Junkie. Number eight, running, <laughs> running Out of Time. Number nine, Black Illusion. Ten, Alive. And eleven, Can You Hear Them? Brent, you're up first. Two minutes on the clock. I have to put my secret code in my phone yeah. for the time. Of, Jesus Christ. Time is of the essence, my friend. I needed to know your choice for this All album. right. <laughs> Are we ready to go? It's a hard one, anyway. Three, two, a hard one, one. go. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so uh, Down to Earth. Uh, this was uh, another record that was the first time of me hearing, so, you know, whatever. Uh, so my pick for this one was Dreamer. It's a uh, classic Aussie ballad. I believe it was like one of the biggest hits on that record. Um, uh, it's got a great vocal melody, great hook, uh, which is a pretty easy way to sell me. Um, the drums uh, were uh, Mike Borden on this one. They were pretty good. Uh, not fantastic, but it is what it is. Uh, the bassist on this was actually Robert Trujillo of Metallica fame and uh, was Suicidal Tendencies. Is that right? That's correct. Before that. Um, and Zach was on guitar for this one, uh, but as I recall mm-hmm. correctly, he did not write for this record. He only played. So he was kind of a hired gun. It didn't... It, it wasn't stellar for this record, but, you know, this is my opinion. So, um, the rest of the album was kind of meh on this one. Um, it's between this and Gets Me Through, uh, but this one has a better hook. Like, I can uh, hear the name of this song and hear the hook in my head. So, that's kind of the reason why I picked this one over over Gets Me Through. Uh, but, uh, that's my pick. I yield my time. All right, put two minutes up on the clock for me. Three, two, one, go. I ditched school the day Down to Earth came out. <laughs> and I remember this because it either came out the same day or it came out around the same time as Toxicity, the System of Down album. But a, me and a friend, we uh, we ditched school. And even though I had a car, I wanted to walk to get it because I, I don't know. I thought it would be like... I don't know. It's like the Lord of the Rings, like going to Mordor, you know, like it's a quest. So we walked up there and my, I just had bated breath for this album. I've been waiting five years for new Aussie, new Aussie disc and my expectations were just like sky high. And I think the high expectations have marred my view of this album. And Down to Earth is not necessarily a bad album, but I also don't think it's necessarily a standout album either. Uh, a lot of this stems from the fact, as uh, Brent pointed this out, that Zach Wilde played on the album, but he didn't write any of the songs, and it really shows. There's some really generic kind of playing to this album. Um, I chose Running Out of Time. I think it feels the most like a song that Ozzy and Zach would have written together. It's not super heavy. It's got this mil- my uh, like mid-tempo thing going on. It's moody. And I just think Ozzy has a really nice forlorn kind of howl to it. Um, I almost chose Facing Hell, and I probably it's probably a better song, but I ultimately chose Running Out of Time because it just feels like a, more like a song that would have been on like No More Tears or like one of the classic albums that Zach did with, with him. Um, that being said, fuck Dreamer, it sucks. It's a ripoff of uh, John Lennon's song, so fuck you, Brent. I yield my time. <laughs> Tony, two minutes on the clock. What you got? <laughs> he always wanted to be the Beatles. So you can't really fault him for that. Yeah, it's on. It's on brand. That's true. That's true. But there are better. There are better uh, uses of him ripping off the Beatles than, okay. than Dreamer. You're you're two minutes on the clock, Tony. Go one, two, three, go. Okay, all y'all are fucking wrong about this being a mid <laughs> album. This album hangs up there with Osmosis with me. The the lows are low. Gets me through is fucking iconic encapsulation of that man's entire career. Facing Hell's a fucking jam. Uh, Alive, the the only one I think, I think that's the last one, or no, Can You Hear Them? The only one that uh, Joe Holmes, who really got shit, shit on, who is a great live guitarist, that's the only one he gets writing credit on. But uh, 
when Brandon's right, he's right. I picked Running Out of Time, not because, oh, it's sad, because it's a great fucking song. It's the anxiety of life catching up with you. You're getting older. Uh, you know, he's just some lonely, broken hero. You know, a rock star. He's just, I fucking love this song. I don't half-ass pick this. It was really hard not to choose. Get me, get me through? Fuck. My dick's getting hard saying it. <laughs> I remember that day getting that. I remember, like, I listened to, uh, like, from uh, Osmosis on, I would listen to every Ozzy album I got three times in a row, no matter what. And Brandon knows me. If I get obsessed, and and that's even hold true to the very mid-new albums. And I'm sorry, Black Rain ties with uh, uh, Bark at the Moon for worse. But, I, I agree with you. But Running Out of Time is full stop one of my top five favorite Ozzy songs. So luckily, I thought there might be a three-way split on this, but we got it out. Dreamer, I don't hate, but it is like him wanting to be John Lennon and he was never built to be John Lennon. That's the problem in that. But I yield my time. By the way, Dreamer's not a bad song, but it is so blatantly ripped off oh, yeah. that I, I can't help but hold it against it. But this is coming from like a kind of noob Aussie fan, so I'm just kind of picking like the. I'm, you not, know, I'm not begrudging you like. your pick. You're wrong. They're you not going to begrudge you. Black Rain. We you are. See. Oh, yeah. We're, there was no way Black Rain was going to be on here. No, I'm just saying you dude, can skip it in general for your private time. I got Black Rain for free and I still didn't I'm like need it. it for private time. I went to the. Way. I bought it on pre order so I could get I the like seated OzFest tickets. I got. See, I did the opposite. I got the disc <laughs> because I went to OzFest because they gave it away if you at did the door, at, yeah. at the door. Yeah. So I was excited. Hell yeah. Listen to this on the way back home. Boy, that was a. Throw that, that was, shit out. Yeah. Trap door. All righty. That's, well, that's like the about. first. Here's the. Do you yeah, want me to read the list? Since yeah, my handwriting's horrible. Who we got advancing to the? All right. Dun, dun, and the dun. first head-to-head on the next round, we got Blizzard of Oz, Mr. Crowley going head-to-head with Down to Earth running out of time. Then we have the Ultimate Sin Secret. But not to interject. Nobody tip your cap. What you're going to be picking? No, going to get the people to stick around for it. Yep. Yeah. Like honestly, you might be surprised. I'm just looking oh, at thought, the paper. I thought, oh, he's, I thought you were wanting the mic. We're having a whole share of the mic this time. I want that dick. That's oh, why I'm leaving. You got that. We're fixing to take a break. <laughs> but anyway, then next up we have the Ultimate Sin Secret Loser going head-to-head with No Rest for the Wicked's Miracle Man. Next up we have the fucking Titan. I This is the only one I can tip my hat to. Diary of a Madman's Diary of a Madman going up against Osmosis's Tomorrow. Then, and the last of the semifinals, what is this? I don't know. I'm not a sports guy. Bark at the Moon and No... Our, our quarterfinals, quarterfinals will, be, will be up next. Bark at the Moon going head-to-head with No More Tears. Mama, I'm coming home. Jesus Christ. So we've got eight heavy metal anthems moving into our quarterfinals. But first, we're going to take a little break. So here's some messages from our sponsors. Everyone, good evening and welcome to Yuki and John's Patreon Buffet short form trailer. We're here to tell you as fast as we can in under two minutes what we're doing. Okay. What are we doing, Yuki? Uh, what are we doing? Yeah. 
Yuki, we only have a minute and a half left. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so this is what we're doing. We started a Patreon. It's me and Yuki Nakamura. Uh, we're from the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. We work on that yes. show. We're joining forces, me and Yuki. Yes. And we're going to do all sorts of stuff. We have uh, Yuki celebrity stories. Yuki has met over 50 celebrities, right? Yes. Who's the weirdest celebrity you ever met? Weird. Gary, Gary Busey? Gary Busey. See, so weird. So yeah. He was weird. So if you China want, was weird. And China, the wrestler, was weird. So if you want to know why those people are weird, you got to come and tune in to Yuki and John's Patreon Buffet. Because already we have so many shows. We have Yuki Celebrity Stories. We've got the universe and human stupidity where Yuki and I study the universe yes. from the standpoint of human stupidity. Because, you know, we're not that smart, but we're not that stupid. We're in the middle. We're like mediocre. Well, no more human being. Then we have a video series, Are Yuki Hungry Tonight? Which is a cooking show. I'm always hungry. Yeah. Then we also have Yuki Reacts. We show him videos from the right. internet. Yeah, I also put Yuki in a coffin and I interviewed him about life and death. I we we doing so many things on this buffet. Yuki and John's Patreon buffet. John and Yuki. Oh, John and Yuki. This is the trailer. And uh, hey, guys, please help because uh, we're starving. Yes. Yuki and John's Patreon buffet. All right, welcome back, Rant Army. It's down to eight songs, but only four can advance to the semifinals. We have Mr. Crowley. From Blizzard of Oz going up against Running Out of Time from Down to Earth. I'm going to be taking this uh, first round to put two minutes on the clock. Let me know when I'm ready. Uh, you're ready to go, sir. All right. Three, two, one, go. Mr. Crowley, come on. This this is an obvious choice. Everything that I could condense into what makes Ozzy... Uh, a great entertainer, a great singer, a great musical artist, I think is distilled into this early era. But this is a song that works in any era of Ozzy's uh, illustrious campaign. To me, this could be a Black Sabbath song. It's a little more flourished in areas than they probably would have done early on. But, I mean, I could absolutely have seen this being on maybe one of the later uh, Black Sabbath albums, and it would be an absolute standout. But regardless of what era you're talking about, Ozzy's voice is maturing. It's getting to a point where he's not just a great heavy metal belter. He's just a great singer. And the ability to convey the emotion of these lyrics about... Alistair Crowley, the, the magician and uh, religious figurehead. You know, you get down the rabbit hole of all the, the dark and evil stuff that supposedly he was a part of. But if you stripped all that stuff away, the melody is still good enough to where I think that your general audience can listen to this and enjoy it for simply what it is. It's just a terrific rock song. But the things that make this song great, in my opinion, and why it should win over running out of time, which is a good song, is that Randy Rhodes gets to shine in every level. You have rip-roaring riffs. You get the beautiful flourishments. Um, Randy Rhodes, R.I.P. Fuck you, Brent, for making a joke about him dying, not being a great pilot. <laughs> I forget my time. <laughs> yeah, it was a really bad taste, but it was funny and well done. <laughs> All right, Tony, you're up. Two minutes on the clock. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one, go. I mean, Mr. Crowley, I've already written it down. I'm holding the brackets, writing. It's going to be Mr. Crowley. The only surprising thing I have to add is that 
running out of time is a lot closer than you think it would be for me. It would actually beat out some and in, in, in other brackets in this challenge. It would win for me, but it's Mr. Fucking Crowley, man. It's one of like his epic all time. I mean, he's I've never seen him not play it. It's a staple. So uh, I I don't even need my time. It's Mr. Crowley. You yield your time. Yeah, I said I yield my all time. All right, uh, Brent. Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. Go, go. Uh, this will be a clean sweep. Uh, it's Mr. Crowley. It's pretty obvious. Uh, I don't even really... Would you like me to talk louder? I know how to use the mic. <laughs> He's a very quiet man. I'm a, I'm a girly man. I'm sorry. I have a tiny voice. Um, to be honest, a, I don't even remember... a big, sexy mouth. <laughs> the, the big old dick. Running out of time. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to pick Mr. Crowley for every reason that they've already said. Uh, and I yield my time. All right, clean sweep. Uh, Mr. Crowley from 1980 or 81, depending on what area of the, the world you come from. I come uh, from America since 81. Goddamn right. Uh, Mr. Crowley, I think, was the absolute correct choice. So I tip my cap to you, gentlemen. All right, uh, matchup number two from The Ultimate Sin. We have Secret Loser going up against Miracle Man from No Rest from the Wicked. Tony, you're going to be starting us off two minutes on the clock. Ready? On your mark, get set, go. That's actually a, a, a kind of a hard choice I didn't really think about, but it's going to be Miracle Man for me because I am a little bit more of a rocker. You know, I want something a little heavier, the personal connection with my dad, loving Jimmy Swagger, uh, you know, Zach Wilde, you know, he's forever going to be linked with Ozzy. He'll never outgrow. He'll never come out from Ozzy's shadow. Uh, what is the his band's name? Black Label Society. Black Label Society has five good songs and 20 albums. So, uh, no, it's going to be Miracle Man because this song is an absolute fucking bother. <laughs> Secret Loser's great. Don't get me wrong. I, it was my pick. But it's definitely going to be Miracle Man for me. I yield my time. All right. Put two minutes up on the clock for me. Three, two, one, go. All right. Uh, man, this is hard. I really, really like both of these songs, but ultimately I got to go with the song that I actually picked uh, for the round in which it won, and that's Secret Loser. I think both of these songs lyrically are strong. Miracle Man is probably stronger in theme because it is, it's tearing down the conception of, you know, these shitty uh, evangelical TV preachers. Although... If I'm going with that that type of song, uh, I would much prefer. Uh, there's a Black Sabbath song from Dehumanizer um, called "TV Crimes," which does th essentially the same thing. I think I would prefer that version or that incarnation of that type of idea. "Secret Loser" just lyrically resonates with me. Um, you know, although we may have uh, moments of popularity here on the podcast and, you know, and we were popular within our friend groups. I think it's a universal thing, especially if you remember back being in high school and kind of being, you know, different and kind of an outcast from the perceived what is a normal teenager. You know, we weren't jocks. We weren't preps. You know, we were our, our area. We were called freaks and even though we may have co-mingled with other people, we, we were the black sheep of the family. And Secret Loser is sort of an anthem to what it feels like to be somebody that is different. 
And it's also an acknowledgement acknowledgement of your shortcomings just as a human being. And sometimes you can get up your own ass about being, you know, great and everything. And just a it's a it's a nice realignment of, you know, sometimes you might not be great. Secret loser is my choice. I yield my time. Brent. Brandon has feelings. I have feelings ah. like, on occasion. Ah. Two minutes on the clock, Brent. Hold on. He's checking his notes. I gotta see which one I actually preferred. Okay. Ah, <laughs> All right, two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. So both of these albums were a first time <clears throat> listen for me. So this is like a virgin's perspective. Uh, so um, my pick, according to my ratings that I made, were uh, Miracle Man. Uh, I, I like Zach Wild. I like uh, Jakey e. Lee. I like Ozzy. I like all the drummers. The, the, it was great. Uh, but uh, of the two songs, I remember Miracle Man. Uh, so uh, that'll be my pick for that one. I yield my time. I don't. I don't like losing, but I, but I absolutely get why this is your guys' choice. <coughs> like I said, I think lyrically, Miracle Man is is probably. So does that make you a public loser? Yes. Also, I like horrors, so I mean, it's about that. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Horrors are always nice. Well, we need to start our own cult. I think that's what we're learning from this. The, you're damn right, man. Make it a we'll make it a sex cult. The uh, can I be the Kool Aid Man? <laughs> Flavor Aid, actually. I thought you meant you were gonna bust through a wall. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna bust through the wall, and say, oh yeah, and then poison everyone. <laughs> there we go. I'm down with that. Only pe- suicide cult coming up from Rant's Army. <laughs> we we do not in- <laughs> to call back As to our- the last season. I, there are instances I endorse suicide, <laughs> but as a whole, no, it's bad. And you don't do it with flavored kids' drink. You do it by cop with a broadsword. And by the way, it was not it was not Kool Aid that Jim Jones used. I said it was flavor. It was flavor. And I'm I'm oh. I'm saying you're correct in that. In case anybody, that's because he was a cheap ass. That's probably true, but I mean, they were in Guyana, which I mean, they kind of blew their money already. Yeah, it's not the only thing they were blowing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they blew the heads off the people that didn't drink the Kool Aid. Senator, I'm sorry, Flavor Aid. Flavor Aid. See, you even said it. (laughs) Suck my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what's what's up next? No, thank you. All right, match number three. And never mind. Without tipping caps. Just put me first. And Brent, well, Brent is going to oh. be is going to be first up on this. Ah! Diary of a Madman from its respective album versus Tomorrow from his favorite album, that being Osmosis. All right, you got two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Um, so out of these two, uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Diary of a Madman. Even though Osmosis is my favorite record, that's not my favorite song off that record. Um, uh. In my opinion, had it had my pick actually won, I might have picked that over Diary of a Man Man, but it would have at least been a hard decision. This one for me is not a difficult decision. So Diary of a Man Man, I yield my time. <laughs> All right, Tony. here. You have to say you yield your time, Tony. You fucking you're... know when it's over, Tony. You're up next. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, go. Diary of a Madman, and I'll punch anybody here in this fucking room that says different. <laughs> I yield my time. <clears throat> I may call you a woman. Two, mi- two minutes on the clock for me, please. Are you ready? I'm ready. One, two, three, go. I mean, obviously, come on. 
Tomorrow's a good song, but we're talking about one of the greatest songs ever written in terms of hard rock and metal. Diary of a Madman is an anthem, and even though it might be a sleeper for the public masses, this is a song that you will hear and you're never going to forget that that chant, the, and then the, the strings come in, and then that fucking riff, it is absolutely orgasmic to your ears. When when they talk about you know coming in your ear pussies tenacious D mm. this is what they, this is what they hope that they could uh, accomplish with a statement like that this is a song that I could listen to any point in the year any point of the day and I'm going to revere it as being just a fucking mastodon of magnificence I yield my time Good. clean sweep. No violence had to be done today. <laughs> Tell me your picks better, man. We'd have fought on mic. All right, number <laughs> with the mic. <clears throat> with the mic, yeah. All right. No lube. No lube. Only <laughs> hatred. And blood. <laughs> There'll be All nothing right. but blum. <laughs> We're not going to explain that one, people. You can figure it out. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Matchup number four. Did you say blum? I did blum. <laughs> You not remember my old joke, Blum? We can't talk about it that much. It's I, I, horrible. I, I, I don't remember it, but I know instantly what it yes. means. Yes. So the cool people out there. Well, if you don't understand it, um, just, so Tony will just show it to you it. with your with my diamond studded fuck hammer. Right, it, right. It's it. akin to truffle butter, but different. <laughs> what the fuck is truffle butter? <laughs> okay. Anyway, we got to move on, people. We got we got another. Jesus Christ. Actually, it's kind of a hard one. Urban Dictionary, if you don't know what truffle butter is. I'm going to have to look that up because I don't know what it is. It's uh, disgusting. I would, right. I, would imagine, I would imagine so you you stating it, it would not be, you know, the, the most cleanly of, of things. All right, matchup number four. We have from its respective album, Bark of the Moon going up against Mama, I'm Coming Home from... Fuck was that album called? No more tears. No more tears. I already forgot. Jesus Christ! I don't like it. It's from the nineties. I know. In the nineties, the nineties is when you lost your virginity. That's true. That was is it? true. It was the nineties. Okay. Yeah, I was. It was ninety. It's ninety-eight or ninety-nine. I'm trying to think. No, it's not. It's ninety-eight. It's ninety-eight. Poor Heather girl. I mean, you should know the date. Anyway. She's the one that she remembers the greatest thing ever happened to her. The best, the best 47 seconds of her life. Hey, hey, it was a, it was more like two that, minutes, and it was fantastic a lot of that for was me. Cuddling, though. <laughs> In case you didn't hear that, Brent said a lot of that was cuddling. All right, am I going up on this one first? I don't I'm, know. I'm going up first. Okay, on you're this going one. up first. Two minutes on the clock. Ready? One, two, three, go. Come on. You basically you're you're choosing. You have prime examples of like the epitome of like metal Aussie and the epitome of like mainstream hard rock Aussie. And even though I think that Mama I'm Coming Home is probably a more traditionally better written song in terms of it's, there's a lot of dynamic things happening in it, lots of uh, chord progressions and so on and so forth. I've got to pick Bark of the Moon because it's one of the standard bearers in terms of just riffs. That riff, you're never going to fucking forget it. And you get a fucking Ozzy in the music video is a werewolf. It's cheesy, but it's the good kind of cheesy. And even though we have 
thoroughly shit on this album. That album cover is so fucking good. In fact, coming up in the second issue of our magazine, which will be releasing probably in April, don't quote me on that, uh, Fat Tony has written an article about the correlation between heavy metal and um, rock music, or sorry, heavy metal and um, horror, horror, movies. horror movies, and uh, you might be seeing some uh, Aussie in werewolf form art related to that, so I'll let your imaginations run wild, but come on, it's Bark at the fucking Moon, I yield my time. Brent, you're up next. A lot of writing on this. Are you going to make Three, the right choice or the wrong two, one? One, go. Um, so I really like both of these songs. Um, like I said, um, this comes from a virgin perspective on both of these. Again, like I've not heard the entire album of either one of these up until now, but I have heard these both of these songs multiple times. Um, uh, this is really hard. It's not quite like picking between fucking your mom and fucking your dad. Uh, this is like the opposite of that. It's like <laughs> picking your favorite kid. Um, that's easy too. That's easy. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm gonna go probably with "Bark at the Moon." Like th- this is a coin toss for me uh, because I really love the songwriting in both of these. Um, the guitar playing is better in "Bark at the Moon." The uh, the riffs way better. Uh, but I mean, the Aussie part is better in "Mama, I'm Coming Home." The singing. Um, so, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bark at the Moon. Uh, I yield my time. All right. Tony, you're going to be a dissenter, or are you going to make this a clean sweep? Two minutes on the clock. Ready, go. It's Bark at the fucking Moon. That's like choosing a song that's 9 out of 10 for Ozzy and a song that's 7 out of 10. I love my mom coming home. I've always, Sharon Osbourne has made many decisions I've not liked in this life. But their love is real and pure and beautiful. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, but no, Bark at the Moon is, it's, it's J- like we were talking on break, it's Jakey Lee's one good song, but it's an amazing song. And every, like Brent, Brent said, every guitarist worth their salt knows that song. It is fucking amazing. It, it encapsulates the good spooky rock and roll, heavy metal, Satan vibes that Ozzy, you know, was notorious on early in his career. And, you know, a song about loving your wife and, you know, ending your tour and coming home. I'm sorry. It's Bark at the Moon. Clean sweep. I yield my time. I want to say really quickly before we move on that the there is a section of My Mom Coming Home where Ozzy hits this high note where he says, It's been so long. I think that may be the single best his voice has ever sounded on record. And you totally shit on it trying to imitate it. Just so I'm not a singer. <laughs> I am not a singer. Some some but might right, I agree. Some might say that Ozzy is not a great singer and I would I would They're argue I would argue against him. I would I mean, cut I, their I, guts out of their bodies I would, and have sex with them. I would argue against them, not him. Yes, I know. Not because I like Ozzy so much. I like Ozzy, but Ozzy's just a fucking good singer. And, you know, I mean... He's not exceptional. He's not like fucking Celine Dion or anything, but he's <laughs> fuck fucking good. You. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. We're gonna he doesn't just, have the vocal range of a Ronnie James the, Dio. No, no, but he... Chops. I'm not talking about other shit. Celine Dion... The best thing Celine Dion ever did was die, and she hasn't done it yet. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> 
soon to R.I.P. <laughs> got something to look forward to at That's least. horrible, but We're taking so bets funny. on the date? <laughs> hey, 2024 <laughs> is your year, so lead. We're, called, we're coming for you. <laughs> Her heart will not go on. Uh, I feel so bad. I feel so bad because it's a horrifying thing. You, you know you don't. She's French-Canadian. They're not people. That's the worst kind of Canadian. She'll be like, right. they die. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mort. Mort. <laughs> and then Mort. I don't know. I don't know That's fucking death. frog words. <laughs> <laughs> He's only saying that because they're French Canadian. Oh. Oh, also, just fuck the French in general. Oh. I don't give a shit if we ever chart there. If you if you're a French and you listen to this podcast, you know what you are. Come on. You're a cheese eating <laughs> surrender monkey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, hey, at least just we're for, hating on white for, races. For, just for, for, the, for the record, um, we're very pro-cheese here. I love cheese. We're, we're very pro-cheese here on the Rants from the Black Fromage Watch podcast. positive. But we, are, but we are not surrenderers here. We're in the rant army. If, well, you, if you surrender, then you, you are out. We are from the South, and they lost. Just saying, we weren't alive during that that's time. That's true. We we would have we fought would've. for the north. I was going to say that's the better, <laughs> that's the morally right side, and that's all we're going to say. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't going to say this at all. Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, people! So Fuck. we got coming up. Fuck! Tell it. Tell next us. Next round. Fucking. The heavy hitters, Mr. Crowley going head-to-head with Miracle Man, Zach Wilde's debut album. Then we have Diary of a Madman going against Bark at the Moon, two of the most iconic Aussie songs for Aussie fans ever. I know what I'm going to be voting for, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion, out of <laughs> pure right sympathy. Right-in candidate. That's a right-in candidate. <laughs> I'm going with the dark horse. But anyway, no, that's what we got coming up. It's going to be great. I can't even fucking talk. We can't. We've broken ourselves. <laughs> Me, Brent, and Brandon don't get together a lot. We need to more often. Oh, God. Okay. Is it, listen. I'm crying over here. Yo. All right, guys. In the midst of this bloody heavy metal war, there are now only four left standing as we move into our semifinals. That's four rounds, four, four battles. Oh, God. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Just, my, is my mouth math even right? Fuck it. I don't know. We got we got some great stuff coming up on Heavy Metal March Madness. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. From us. Fuck you, Celine Hi everybody, it's me, Boner the Skeleton, mascot of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, here to tell you about some genuine, officially licensed merchandise from our good friends at Video Nasties. The Video Nasties, they offer t-shirt, pins, and hats from some of your favorite cult classic horror films like Pieces, Street Trash, and even Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. Oh, and there's so much more. So what are you waiting for? Go now to www.videonasties.com. That's www.videonasties.com. Their prices are low. 
but the quality is high, and that's a boner guarantee. But if you don't buy something, then fuck you! Alright, welcome back, Headbangers. It's down to our top four songs, but only two can advance to the finals of Heavy Metal March Madness. Match number one. Tony, you're going to be taking us out. Two minutes on the clock. Mr. Crowley versus Miracle Man. Go. Marcus said go. Um, fuck you, Zach Wilde. Randy Rhodes Forever. Mr. Crowley. It's a fucking amazing song. It's It's one of his greatest ever. And uh, it's just is. I love Miracle Man. I really like Miracle Man. I love Mr. Crowley. It was my hardest pick off that first album because there are so many good songs. And it's still the one, the cream rose to the top. And it was Mr. Crowley. So I don't even need my time. If you, anybody disagrees with me, they're just wrong. I yield it. All right, Brent. You're up next. Two minutes on the clock. Go. All right, for my pick, I'm going to pick Miracle Man because fuck you, Tommy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's Mr. Crowley all day, every day. Uh, I don't even need to state any reasons. Um, I yield my time. All right. Not that I don't think it's going to be necessary, but two minutes on the clock for me. Mr. fucking Crowley, how could it not be? And I'm not taking anything away from Miracle Man. Lyrically, it's a really strong song. It's got a guitar riff that I think is memorable. But Mr. Crowley is the encompassment of everything that could make for a great Aussie tune. And this, man, this this round is going to be hard. I think the next one might be a little harder. Um, But this round, like specifically this match, not a hard choice for me at all. Miracle Man's uh, a, a B-plus song, a, a Mr. Crowley's A-plus all day, every day. I yield my time. Yeah. Brent, guess what? Oh, you get to make the hardest choice of all. <laughs> all right, match number two. Diary of a Madman from Diary of a Madman versus Bark of the Moon from Bark of the Moon. Two minutes on the clock. Go. Uh, I'm about to make some people mad, I believe. Get ready, Fat Tony. Uh, I'm going to pick Bark at the Moon on this one. Um, I like Diary of a Madman, uh, but just overall, I think Bark at the Moon's a better song. Uh, the Like I said before in my rundown originally, it, Diary of a Madman has a good riff. It's not great. Bark at the Moon is far and away better, in my opinion. You can suck my ass. I see what you're doing. Um... But I love Randy Rhodes. Uh, I actually like Randy Rhodes better than Jake E. Lee, but like we said before, Jake E. Lee's one fucking trick was way better this time. Uh, and uh, I'm going to... That's my opinion. Fuck you, bye. <laughs> I, I'm up next. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, I can only we'll, imagine. We'll, we'll allow I the, know who's going to win. We'll allow this crescendo to uh, to happen with Fat Tony, but to put two minutes on the clock just for the sake of argument. Okay. I want to say things about you so, <laughs> so, so negatively right now. Things I can't say on the podcast for threat of being canceled. But I'm going to play this as nicely as possible. Come on. It's Diary of a Madman. And when you say that it is a an inferior riff, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that that classical... Uh, guitar stylings of Randy Rhodes that and I'm doing a bad job imitating it, but that build up, that that is, 
what I, what I call the quickening, the moment where you are getting ready to explode inside of a lady or a, or a man of your choice. No, 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 uh, no hate. You out there, you do what you want to do. You spill your DNA where, however you choose. No animals, no kids. And no, no animals, no kids. <laughs> That's a good point. Thank you. <laughs> but that build up. Like that's that's what that's that's what your dick feels. Your ears are translating what your dick feels when you're when you're when you're, when you're giving some good D. Preach, brother. <laughs> I love Diary of a Madman. I to me, I think it's it may be my favorite closer to any album ever, and everything on that album is great, and it just perfectly crescendos into this amazing the the guitar solo. Man, it just rattles my bones, and that's a band that's hungry. They're not complacent. They have so much to prove, and they recorded a lot of those songs for Bark at the Moon and um, Diary of a Madman at the same time, knowing they were going to do two albums, and the commercial stuff may be on the first one but the deep cuts the stuff that sticks with you the stuff that i think is the backbone of what a truly great aussie album is diary of a madman i choose diary of a madman i yield my time all three seconds that were left tony let's start okay it's obviously diary of a madman i have stated it is one of my favorite songs it is my number two favorite song of all time with the exception of Solitude by Black Sabbath, and that's more for whiny personal reasons. As a song, it's better. <laughs> it is one of the greatest songs on earth. The orchestral build-up into the... That's what your dick feels. You're having eargasms. You don't have an ear pussy, then. You have ear dicks that are just ejaculating joy everywhere. <laughs> Bark at the Moon is fucking stellar. It is a classic for a reason. It has hung around for, you know, God, decades because it's great. And it was his greatest one-trick pony for Jakey Lee. But it does, it's like the toughest kid in first grade fighting an MMA fighter. There's no contest. I would pay to see that, I by would the way. pay to see that, like, greatly. But, uh... No, it's got to be Diary of a Fucking Madman all day, all night, and twice for supper. Yeah, I yield my time. I don't need it. All right. You I'll got be, another minute if you want. I'll just spend it cussing you. So now <laughs> I don't think either one of us are changing right. our, our, our our pick. It's oh, sh- it's Diary of a Madman all day, every day. Brent, do you want to change your... You want to change your pick? No, because I'm not wrong. At least stand by your oh, own opinion. Oh, oh. <laughs> Have the backbone. I re- say whatever you're going to say. Say it. Fuck you. I'm not changing it. The good. I respect your Fuck wrong you. won't opinion. do what you tell me to. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, the best rape song. I, I'm, Actually, no. Bulls on parade. I'm not going to I'm not gonna argue with your pick. You, Is that I, the next heavy metal no. mark? No. That, I, don't, I don't see that being... Something they have like eight I, good songs total. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, and they're great live. I just one of the heaviest pits I ever was ever in was Rage at Lollapalooza. I was at the gate and knocked fifty feet back in a second. I was you knocked fifty people out. I'm no, like, I'm, I'm I got manhandled like a bitch. 
I didn't know what the fuck happened. Well, next I don't know time, if make y'all ever seen Fat Tony, but he is not a small man. Fat Tony is not a misnomer. It never has been. Well, I'm saying I'm giving you something to look forward to. Eventually, <laughs> when Rage gets back together, because they're going to, it's going to happen. They've already done a couple, a couple shows. I know. They yeah. said they're never playing live again. Oh, it'll it'll happen because they're liars, and this will give you the opportunity. You can knock fifty people out. There we go. That's that's that that's your next. Uh, well, if I'm going to do that, May I'm going to Metal Crushes All with a Monomarth Cannibal Corpse obituary and some band I don't give a shit about. That's where I'm going to knock fifty people out because I got the VIP pit pass and booze comes included with that. Jesus Christ! I got free drink tickets. You the, said booze come. Ah, uh, booze come. That's the, fine. The alcoholic Macedon will be fueled for fury. Yes, but uh. All right. Guys, coming up in our main event, we pit first Aussie album versus second Aussie album. Brother versus brother. Sister versus sister. Aunt versus son. Okay. (laughs) Celine Dion versus mortality. (laughs) (laughs) We 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 spent 10 minutes laughing in between the breaks. We really, we really did. That's no joke. Hashtag called it. Seriously, if she dies between now and the time this releases, I will feel bad, but I will laugh independently of anybody hearing me for such a long period of time. I'll get a time. tattoo that says my heart will go on in my chest. That's a, let's that, make a yeah, pact. That's a fat let's, Tony let's, pact. Make a, let's make a pact right now, and I'm not joking. We will all get that fucking tattoo. Yes. My heart will go on if she dies between now and um, March. March 1st. <laughs> it is February the what as we record? 4th. 4th. Hey. Hey, it's a good chance. And maybe some of you out there can make that happen. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag mercy kill. I'm not, I'm, no. I'm, We're so sorry. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not winking as I say don't do that. This crazy train is off the rails. <laughs> That's what, the, the battle we have coming up Two Titans. I'm trying to get us back. Mr. Crowley, dire of a madman to declare an uncontested victor in 2023's I'm sorry, 2024 is heavy metal March Madness Tournament. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Do you love metal? Are you a nerd? Well, have I got the podcast for you. It's the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast, hosted by me, Metal Thrashing Mike. And every episode, I'll be bringing you fans from the world of underground heavy metal, just waiting for you to hear them. So go check us out on all major streaming services as the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. All right, this is it, Rant Army. The moment we've all been waiting for, Mr. Crowley versus Diary of a Madman to decide which Ozzy Osbourne song reigns supreme in heavy metal march madness. I have the unmitigated task of going up first. Put two minutes on the clock. Go. Yo. Fuck. There are great arguments for either one of these songs to be the best. And I feel like my brain is telling me one thing and my heart is telling me something else. This this is the... Of, of any round we've done, this is absolutely the hardest one because, to me, these are both the choice examples of the songs that should be here. They're, they're both anthemic. They're both moody and gothic. 
Uh, Ozzy's vocals are tremendous in it. You have Randy Rhodes just kicking ass on both of these. That original Ozzy band, Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake. Um, even though he's credited as Tommy Aldridge is playing on A Diary of a Madman, but fuck. This is hard. I came in with an idea and now I'm fighting against myself. You know what? I'm going to do something just to add a little drama to this. I'm going to abstain from picking and I'm going to hear your arguments and I'm going to make my argument after the fact. I yield my time. No, you'll save your time. You have 32 seconds the next time. To decide. That's fair, fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tony, two minutes on the clock. Ready? Yes. On your mark, set, go. I understand your dilemma. I mean, obviously my choice of diary <coughs> because of the personal connection, the years of loving it. But I understand the incorrect choice to pick Mr. Crowley because it is, it's more of a throwback to his time with Black Sabbath than it is Ozzy Solo. This, while darkly thematic, is more musically and tonally Ozzy. Ozzy's the madman. Always, Ozzy's crazy. That wasn't him in Black Sabbath. I mean, he was. <laughs> uh, little cocaine, man. Listen to fucking Volume 3. You'll know all about him being a man. Volume 4. I'm just so upset that I'm having to worry that my pick couldn't be... Ah! <laughs> Mr. Crowley... Is a great Black Sabbath song with a with more technically proficient guitarist. It is not the greatest Ozzy song. It is amazing. It's wonderfully like the lyrics are cool, but even that's again, it's him playing it safe, doing the Black Sabbath Sabbath shtick. Diary of a Madman just hits you in the fuck. I mean, it starts out all calm and wonderful, a man's inner turmoil, then it builds and builds, and then just fucking breaks loose and just fucking kills. There's, I, I can't comprehend a world where I'll have to live where some people mistakenly listen to this podcast and think Mr. Crowley's better than Diary of a Madman, because that would be absolutely fucking incorrect. I will... I will not acknowledge, I've acknowledged when I've lost before, I will not acknowledge this loss because it is it is morally reprehensible <laughs> to think that it could be this. I'm going to use every damn second of my time. It's Diary of a Madman today, tomorrow, yesterday, and all days for all time. Hail Ozzy. I'm done. All right, Brent, two minutes on the clock. Oh, uh, I actually used my whole two minutes. It's unprecedented Hand two minutes it. on the clock brent what you got diary of a madman mr crowley um i can't make such an eloquent argument as that uh for uh mr crowley versus bark at the moon oh i'm sorry you picked the wrong song my bad oh fuck uh, you for this one no arguing back um <laughs> mr Crowley. i'm just playing uh diary of madman is a really good song uh we picked the the Perfect two for the final, I believe, in my opinion. Um, but, as always, Tony's wrong. Mr. Crowley is the better song by a mile. The riffs, the guitar work, the everything is better in Mr. Crowley. Um, the lyrics, the 
the vocal melody, everything. Every I see you seething. I'm saying calm. <laughs> I'm not going to stab you with a pen. You're my friend. Um, but however, uh, Mr. Crowley, uh, from a compositional uh, standpoint, is far superior. Uh, I, I don't even know what else to say. Um, uh, I love the lyrics. I love the guitar. I love everything about Mr. Crowley. Fuck you. You picked the wrong one. I yield my time. 32 seconds. By, by the way, and I, I, I intentionally put myself in this position to add drama. I knew from the get-go what my choice was. Fuck you, Brent. It's <laughs> dire as <laughs> man, man. <laughs> Why are you putting this stress in my heart, Brent? I'm a fat guy. I could have died. <laughs> Come on. I, I knew what you were this doing. Is a great, you were a good th- This is a great 1A, 1B kind of scenario. Yeah. But, come on. Diary of a Man Man is, is the... It is the epitome. It is the apotheosis of what you want of an Aussie yes. rip roaring anthem. Guys, fuck me. Uh, this motherfucker really had my blood boiling because I, I can't I joke did, with that. I yes, he I, sold it. I did that on purpose. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I knew Brent would go Mr. Crowley just to just to help the drama that I mean, it was presented. I knew which way Tony was going. And of course, I've said it. I, once I realized the order, I'm like, oh god, I've got to, I've got to. It can't just I knew, be easy. I understand. Yeah, but I, he sold it to me. My blood pressure is probably 20 points up. If I stroke out and die on the way home, he has to get a tattoo. Fat Tony will go on on his chest. Can we Can we wait? Since you nope. didn't stroke out, he's going to get something else on his chest. Can I, can I hold off until she dies so I can just do him at the same time? No. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we both die today, you can, you're damn... You have to have me and Celine Dion doing the Leo and Kate Winslet. Oh my God! And you're inside of her. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? And 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 you're coming through her. <laughs> Sarah can just be in the background shaking her head. No. Just going thumbs, thumbs up, up, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> is it's she like giving the thumbs up or is he giving? Do you the remember? Thumbs up? Do you remember or is it both? Do you remember the Abu Ghraib uh, soldier <laughs> that's giving the thumbs up? That's that's how that's how, that's how Sarah's gonna be in the band. Dress like that, man. Fuck me. Oh, oh we're horrible people. So yes, Guys, the winner. This Diary is a madman. This has been a lot of fun. It's also been kind of hard, harder in places where I didn't know that it was going to be. Uh, this is definitely no fuck like uh, love life. So, oh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. There's a certain clown out there that would argue with you about that. All right. Anyways, um. Uh, I think it would be apropos for us to talk about, you know, some uh, honorable mentions, some songs that we didn't necessarily uh, have on the in contention because they're on albums that weren't in contention. That only makes logical sense. Uh, Tony, what's your honorable mention for a, a great Aussie banger that wasn't in the... Scream, man. Scream. If I'm just getting to pick one of these honorable mentions, I have to, I'd be remiss even my stepdaughters, all three of them down the board, are fucking love this song, and uh, it's just a good. It's 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 super part. Like it does doesn't have deep importance to me because it's not an Aussie classic, even though it actually came out years ago. But it's a fucking banger. Scream with me. Right. Let me hear you scream. All right. My my choice is also from that album, unless I'm misremembering. 
Uh, it's a song called Digging Me Down. It's on the same album. It's a, it's a terrific song. Really, really fucking heavy. That riff is one that'll just leave you like... It's it's like driving on a uh, gravel road is the way it fucking hits you. Blast beats. It's really, really good stuff. I think Ozzy's vocals are, are pretty good on that album just in general. He, he kind of hit like a, a really nice sweet spot of being able to kind of do the old school Aussie stuff, but also be like a really good singer at the same time. So it's like a blending of, of eras, I feel. And that's, some of that's probably like his, you know, his voice is mature, but also he's a little older and he probably can't hit probably some of the oh, high yeah. notes he could on, you know, some of the um, 90s albums. But I think it's a good marriage. I, that album's really underrated. I think that's the last really good That's the last Aussie true solo. Aussie album. His last two albums... Uh, Ordinary Man and Patient Number Nine, they're like him having fun with his music friends. Yeah. There's are... only a couple actual Aussie backing band solo songs on there, and they're Under the Graveyard. It's a fucking great little heartfelt little anthem, and Patient Number Nine with Jeff Beck, and the other song on that album with Jeff Beck rules, too. I yeah, it's one of the last thing. things Jeff Beck did yeah. before he died. Yeah, and it fucking ruled. Uh, you know, but other than that, I know Brant doesn't really have... I mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience with, like, the later Aussie stuff. Um, but, like, the few that I remember, like they've already mentioned, uh, Scream and uh, Patient Number 9. Of those, I'd probably pick Patient Number 9 because it's the freshest in my mind. But, like I said, this comes from a, a point of view of someone that's not really initiated to uh, a lot of Aussie. I do like him, but he's not not top artist for me. So, there you go. Now I'm seething with hatred. <laughs> As you should be. I mean, listen, I get it. Ozzy's solo career, uh, he's absolutely like in that tippy top in terms of like commercial success. And my heart is always going to be with the Sabbath stuff oh, because yeah. like that's, that's what made him a legend. That's what made heavy metal in general. Well, that's true. I mean, we've stated it in the very first yeah. episode of Heavy Metal March Madness. Uh, my favorite band, your favorite band. Absolutely. Um, Brent, just out of curiosity, what, what is your all-time favorite band? I don't think we've ever... Um, well, up until this last record, that was an easy yeah. question. Oh, Metallica? <laughs> it was Metallica, but... Uh, they, they doesn't unwrite their last at their great albums. Listen, this hurts my heart. It really hurts me to say this, that St. Anger is no longer my least favorite Metallica album. While the new album has great production, I I don't want to say hate because... It looks like he's about to cry, I, so I think hate. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so I, was, I was pinching his balls under the table. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> With his tongue. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, good job, buddy. <laughs> uh, but Metallica, up until recently, would have been an easy answer for me. Right now, I honestly don't know who my favorite band is. Hanson. Oh, their later outputs, bangers, man. There's none but banger after banger. <laughs> when everybody realized that they were men and not little girls, they, they got taken seriously as musicians. So good for them. Uh, <laughs> uh my favorite band of all time is Black Sabbath. It'll always be Black Sabbath. And even though, like, you know, there's ebbs and flows in their career, like, I, Ozzy... He likes post-Ozzy Sabbath. I do, I do. I, I like Dio era and Ozzy era, and I respect Tony Iommi and all things else. 
it's all I'll say. But my my point I'm driving at is like I'm always going to have goodwill towards Ozzy regor- uh, regardless regardless of Words what the quality of his his later output because he left me with things that like I listen to on a daily basis. Um, and those first two Ozzy solo albums are as good, if not in some cases, better than some of the oh, Sabbath absolutely. output that you know that people hold in really really high regard. Um, I, I, it's, I mean, he's it's still Guns and Roses. Shut my <laughs> dick. They're all you want to talk about one trick ponies. That, there's your one trick fucking pony. Uh, I won't dignify that. <laughs> Axel Rose. Fuck you. I saw you in 2000. You had a giant tank and you sucked. Why would you see him? With the tickets free, were you paid to go? <laughs> well, at that point, you like you didn't think you were ever going to get to see uh, Guns N' Roses. And Buckethead played with him. It was, that was not a good show. But that's beside the point. This has been fun, guys. I, was, I loved it. I, I love getting together and just, uh, Let's you know. Let's do it more and harder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's getting the lube? I'm monkey in the middle. I got spit. I'm too poor to afford that. <laughs> in this economy? That's true. We'll just start every night uh, just spit into a jug on your, oh, your no, nightstand. No, no. We're going to stop. <laughs> we have listeners that don't want to hear this. So. All right, guys. That's going to gonna close us up for this episode. We'll be back soon with a new uh, in-depth retrospective for a movie. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, it's going to be one we promised last year, so uh, we'll let your imagination run wild. Salo. Yeah, Salo, obviously. <laughs> um, it's just going to be uh, an hour and a half of, of like, both puking of and crying. meat slapping sounds, wet macaroni sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Till then, subscribe to the Rants for the Black Lodge podcast on a multitude of platforms. We're available on pretty much all of them, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so go check us out. Give us a subscription. If you haven't already, uh, don't forget to stop by our webpage at JuicyKruger.com. Follow us on social media at Rance Black Lodge. And for the love of Cthulhu, go buy a t-shirt, a mug, or a, anything we offer in our web store at RantArmy.com. And jobs. And jobs are only at live performances only, so see you at FrankenCon. We'll be at FrankenCon in May, so come <laughs> check us out there. Uh, for Brent and Fat Tony, this is Brent A. Lane signing off. Till next time, Rhett Army, my heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> We're awful. <laughs> <laughs>